them up, drink them down, whiskey and cigars all around. Cheers, y'all. Well, 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 well. Welcome, my friends, to Smoking and Toasting, episode number 157. We are live from Galveston. My name is Cruz. My good buddy Ian is here. How are you, buddy? You know, I have this, like, Pavlovian party response when you do the well, well, well. Well, that's what's supposed <laughs> like, to happen. Like, it's that's, hard not to it, know that there's a party happening it's, when it's you do that. It's supposed to usher in... The spirit of the party. I don't think we're ever going to be like, well, 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 and they'll be like, hi, guys. Yeah. Like, <laughs> do, do a sort of like it in, just brings it, follow know. it with an NPR style <laughs> intro. Welcome to Smoking a Toast. That's right. This is, uh, this is show number 157. Uh, we are live from the Galveston, is it Galveston Island Cigar Lounge? Yes, sir. Uh, it is. Sure Galveston right. Island Cigar Lounge. With our good buddy, Alan Denny. Who nobody cares about. But we'll get to that later on in the program. <laughs> it's not Alan, entirely true. I actually care about yeah, it. Yeah, see, that's getting harder and harder to, you right. know, to maintain that. But, <laughs> uh, but we'll, we'll go there in a few minutes. Alan is back in the world of retail tobacco. Yes, I am. And so yes, we'll talk about that, what brought you back to this after uh, a, a really nice stint with E.P. Carrillo Cigars. And, and um, eh. you know, even, hey, listen, eh. you... <laughs> I, I, I won't even. I won't get into all the politics, but I can say this: they make some they damn make good cigars. cigars. They do. Great cigars. Boy, are they good! Like the the type of thing where you know you smoke the uh, you know the top cigars in the line. You're like, well, these are great, and then you smoke just like the regular cigars in the line. You're like, these are great, great too. too. Yeah. yeah, and so it's it's one of those. And of course, you're a you're a fan of the inch. So, oh man, the inch yeah, is so good. It's, it's one of those things where. Um, Whatever they're doing in the cigar side of things, they're, they're doing it right. Yes, so. they do. All right, so we'll get back to that in a few minutes. Uh, we are brought to you, by the way, by our good friends at B&B Butchers and Restaurant, 1814 Washington Ave in Houston, and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. And, uh, of course, they've got B&Bs all over the place. They are reopening Annie, which is a big deal. We'll talk a little more about that. Uh, later in the show, but they're basically taking over the world, and yes, yes. and we're just glad to be on their good side. <laughs> and, and if you're there with a friend and you can't decide which steak to get, just get the Chateau Brion. It's it's splittable and it's awesome. <laughs> Actually, you could even just go eeny meeny miny mo, and you'd be pretty darn happy. You could and just eat the bacon, yeah, yeah. or you could just, just eat, eat the bacon. The bacon, bacon yeah. There is amazing. Uh, we also have beer guests. I love when we have beer guests. Ian, would you introduce our beer guest? So uh, I was actually hanging out up here at the lounge. One of the uh, one of the friends of mine. I think he works here uh, yeah, part time. Jim, as well. Jim works Jim, for me. They call him Double D. Uh, was up here chatting, and he was telling me about uh, uh, Fetching Lab Brewery and one of the new beers that they had out. One of the stouts. He's told telling me it was absolutely outstanding. I said, "Really? Do you know the guys over there?" And he goes, "I do." And as a matter of fact, I can be on that side of town later today, so I'll drop. Uh, uh, drop your name and everything with them. Well, that was awesome. I got an email. I believe it was the next day, um, and uh, and called and followed up. And here you guys are. Please introduce yourselves on here. Well, first of all, thank you very much for having us on. Uh, my name is Brett Bray, and this is Teresa Hutching, and we are Fetching Lab Brewery. That's welcome awesome. to the I'm show. So excited about this. And you brought us quite a few beers too. Well, this is uh, what usually makes for a good show. Yes. Yeah, yeah, got a selection for you. Yeah. Excellent. Well, we're looking forward to getting into the uh, sampling and the tasting. I also understand there's some some half decent whiskey in the uh, uh, 
in the case. Of I, I think the proprietor has some kind of there, there, rock good hanging around There's some here stuff. I'll, I'll, I'll find maybe some uh, Buck 8 or, or, you know, something. Yeah. Old, old yeah. granddad. Old granddad. Hey, hey, old granddad 114 is really good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But you got to go specific on yeah. it. Yeah, you do. It you is. do. <laughs> well, uh, this is, this is quite, uh, quite an event for us. It's actually the first time we've done the show. In Galveston, although you and I have been down here, oh uh, yeah, yeah a number a of times, times. Uh, the uh, the big uh, brew fest that they do down here, mm-hmm. we were down for that a time or two, and of course now that Alan's shop is uh, open and running, it's a uh, it's an even more delightful destination. Well, it's I'm glad to have y'all. Glad to have y'all in the shop. We've done this. I've been on several times. I've been on it in a bunch of different shops. And I'm glad to be on it in yes. my shop. So <laughs> so let's let's talk about that right now. You. When we met you, you were on the retail side. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, in fact, you were. Uh, we interviewed you at the was it Whiskey's of the World? Was Whiskey's that, of the yeah. World. That was yep. four years ago, three years ago, yeah. three years ago. Yeah, five. you guys. No, we're going on five now. Mm-hmm. I think. Wow. Yeah, it was a while back. Has it been that long? Yeah. Wow. Maybe maybe well, coming up. Maybe coming on five. Coming yeah. up well, on five. In, we're in four. In any event, we uh, we got to do a segment with you there, and yep. uh, it was a lot of fun. And then when. Uh, we got involved with uh, with Chris Hart and the Houston Whiskey Social, uh, and you're a part of that too. So, uh, at some point, you uh, left the retail side, went to work for EP Korea. I did. I and, did. Uh, and then you decided to uh, jump back into the retail side. Yeah. Of so to, I, I don't want to get into everything because I'm not sure if uh, they they don't want to be mentioned a lot sometimes. But uh, basically, it happened at the show, and uh, IPCPR. And they were there at the show, and they were talking about opening a, a shop. And we were there one night, and half serious, half joking, I said, well, y'all build it, I'll run it. And uh, so basically they're the money, and I'm the sweat, <laughs> I love essentially. It. Sweat equity. And, uh, yeah, so this was a, this was a pre-existing lounge um, that they bought. And we literally, within a few days, gutted the entire place and completely redid it. If y'all had walked into it before, it absolutely is nothing at all like what would it was. Would not have recognized it. You, it not only would you have not have recognized it, it, I mean, it was a cigar shop, but um, the guy that runs it, he, he, or the guy that ran it, he's a friend of mine, but he just, he didn't put the time and effort that some people put into shops, and, and so uh, he was just, it was time for him to get out, and so... We redid everything, completely remodeled the shop, completely remodeled the humidor, and we built. Unfortunately, you can't see it because it's so bright. The cameras, we got to block <laughs> the off the. Right but out, the right? deck that's out back, it's just amazing. It, it's the creme de la creme of this shop. It's what draws. It has drawn a lot of people to this shop. Is just the view that we've posted yes. on Facebook. And you're about yeah. to hit the time of year when that's going to be like. Next Monday, perfect. next yeah. Tuesday, I cannot uh-huh. wait. Yeah, I have to yeah. say, this place is just gorgeous. It's, I love the humidor in there. Thank you. Fantastic. Thank you. What I really like about it, when you walk in, it is one of the most friendly and unpretentious cigar yes. lounges that I've ever walked in. You just walk in, and you're like, oh, awesome. Like, you, you don't have to feel like you need to be a member of a secret club or uh, know a special handshake. You can just find a cigar, uh, sit down, and, and light it up. And that's you know, a... That's a wonderful feeling. There's yeah. a there's a friend of mine, uh, Marshall, that owns a shop in San Antonio, and he has signs all over his shop where it says everyone is a VIP. I his love shop that. is his shop is two maybe three times the size of this place. He could easily put in his own private members lounge. Um, he could have made it a private shop, whatever like some are, but he wanted it to be where everybody was welcome. And That's there's so cool. nothing whether I was on the as a consumer 
or whether even being a rep. One of the things when I was a rep that I hated is I come in and I want to visit with the people in the shops and they can't even leave the counter. Like that's their job is to stand. And that's the way the owners have it set it up and they man that counter and they don't leave it unless they walk in the humidor to, to help some, Please tell me Adam's behind that. I'm pretty sure he is. Because yeah. I was scared to death. If it is, it is weird. The banner is moving. Yeah. <laughs> you that, didn't tell us that this place was on Got to go. I'm out. Mic drop. Um, but I, I hated that. And so that will never, you'll never have that problem in the shop. If you yeah. come in and you want to be there, we've got multiple seating areas. If you want to come in and you want me to be like uh, Sam at Cheers and we sit there and talk and smoke a cigar, I'm there. If you want to be left alone. I'm not going to bother you. So it's that's awesome. Too. We want we want everybody welcome. It doesn't matter if you're an eight dollar an hour plumber or if you're a multi billionaire executive. We want everybody to feel now, the exact same. Now with way. the with the space you have here, one of the cool things you set up is you actually have a bar. Mm-hmm. You have an area over there uh, with a TV. You have a couple TVs on that side of the room, um, which is super cool because if you're here and you want to watch the game or catch up on something, you've got those areas specifically set up for that. Right. Then you've got the living room over here. Yeah, you can see the, uh, the uh, fireplace. I the personally, and this is just a me thing, I like a place without a TV because I'll stare at a TV and just go brainless. And if I don't have a TV, it's easier to just have conversation. Yep. And, and, and your attention is not you know always drawn to it and you can talk to people i love this area here this is my favorite area so uh, every time i come in here i'm sitting in this area just <laughs> so it's really funny that you say that so when we were getting ready to open a couple of days before um one of the owners was very adamant about no television here and of course me and the other were no we really need a, a tv there you know we've got one there and one there and one one right here over the fireplace that and he was like no he said look Hear me out. We'll let's do it my way. We'll we'll put the painting up. Al Pacino sitting there chilling with us. Awesome. And I, if, I love what you did instead. Yeah, yeah. And he he said, look, if 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 we're getting people in where we need one football game over there and one over here, and the guys want to watch the basketball game, hey, we'll put a TV up. It is. And but me and the other we were ah, uh, you know, just and so we we did it his way, and it has turned out where this. And that seating area over there where there, again, you can't see it because off camera, but there's no television. Those are the two most popular areas in the shop until the deck gets cool enough to, to sit out. But people like sitting here and not seeing the TV. And except for the seat where you're at, which makes it a little difficult, there's nowhere in here you can't see a TV. You can see a TV from every chair in here. All you got to do is turn your head. So when the games are on on Thursday night, Sunday, Saturday... And we do have, like on Saturday afternoons, Sunday afternoons, we've got people that come in specifically to watch the games. They sit right over there in that area and watch the games. And we've got others that could care less about watching it. Yeah. Even from here, I can see that there's somebody on the TV proclaiming Patrick Mahomes to be the greatest athlete who's ever stepped onto a performance field. It's possible. Yeah. It's possible. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's also year two. Let's, let's, let's <laughs> give cool, him time. Let's cool the Jets, folks. He's good. Because we all know it's Deshaun Watson, really. Yeah. So. <laughs> there you go. This, this so, has escalated quickly. Let me, uh, <laughs> let me ask you this, uh, Alan. You, uh, obviously, uh, your uh, shop that you were a part of before was in League City. Yes. And as a rep, you visited shops all over your territory. Yes. Um, how does Galveston and the, the clientele and the cigar vibe, is it different? Is it uh, every, have, every shop, shop is, is different. different. Every shop yeah. is. But every shop's the same. You're going to get blue collar. You're going to get white collar. 
<clears throat> this shop we have gotten a little more of the white collar yeah. um, judges, attorneys, district attorney for Galveston County. Uh, one of the owners is an attorney. Um, bankers, you know, we, we, we get the, but then we also get the retired guys that come in. But what we, what we get that a lot of other shops, every shop gets a tourist, you know, right. whether it's in League City, um, you know, uh, Maduro's is right by South Shore Harbor. They get, mm-hmm. they get some tourists that pop in. Stogie's, you know, Stogie's is one of those stores. You come to Houston, you got to go up, gallery. Yeah. Places. Yeah. But we, Galveston, it's, it is a tourist destination for Texas, if not one of the largest tourist destinations. Right. And this shop is on 61st Street, and it is the thoroughfare from Broadway 45. If you're going to Moody Gardens, you're going to the beach, you're going to the right. seawall, you're going to the popular restaurants, yeah. you've got to pass right by this shop. Yeah, that's, and that's what we're seeing is, is we have our regulars that come in and hang out, and we've got a lot of people that have already you know rented lockers to become members. But we're seeing a lot of the tourists that are popping in, grabbing a couple of sticks. Uh, we've had people from Detroit, from a guy from Canada came in, and he spent an absorbent amount of money because the taxes are so high there. Uh-huh. And he yep. was buying a ton of cigars just before he had to go back and deal with the taxes up there. It's way cheaper to buy them here. Plus, sometimes it can be difficult to find good Dominican and Nicaraguan smokes That's in true. Canada That's true. because they stock so many Cubans. Yeah, you yeah. Know? I know I know. when I was with, uh, with E.P. Carrillo, um, Ernesto was getting more into the Canadian market, but they only had a few of our SKUs there, very few yeah. compared to – I probably just in this humidor have more SKUs than Canada had access to. Wow. So it, it's getting more and more, and their laws are a little stricter up there than mm-hmm. ours are. And, but they do have a lot of Cubans up there. I'd like to point out, and I don't know if we put too much stuff in front of it for the camera to see it, but we do have Nick Jonas on full display right. here uh, with the cover of Cigar Fish. You know, I, it was so funny when I know y'all talked about it last week with Trey. Uh, great show, by the way. I was telling Trey you about is, that Friday Trey night. Trey Boring, our guest yes. last week. Just shout out to that a, guy. A, a terrific guy. And B, I just love what he does. Well, yeah, and, great cause. I mean, it's yeah. it's for for charities that involve cigars. It's probably the best and definitely the most well known. But uh, the the outcry of Nick Jonas's customer uh, uh, fans that were like, "Oh, I can't believe you're doing that. Oh, I can't believe you did this." I I understand it. A lot of the you know the people that are in the media tend to be not so forgiving on cigars. But what the one that got me was the cigar smokers, owners of shops, other manufacturers, like, oh, I can't believe they got Nick Jonas. Why? That's what we need. We right. need guys that Absolutely. are, what is he, 28, 29 you know, years old? Yeah. We need that. We need new smokers. I mean, it's not going to be got. Yes, the average age, I think, when you start smoking is 35 or so. And so, you know, you've got guys in their 40s, 50s, 60s. But you need the younger. I, I, hey, a guy comes in and he's legal age, 21 years old, and wants to smoke a cigar, I'll be happy to sit down and help him pick one out and smoke a cigar. Yeah. I will tell you, I was actually against the cover at first, but it was because of something that I was incorrect about. You don't like turtlenecks? No, it wasn't that. <laughs> I, 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 don't mind, I don't mind turtlenecks. What is it you have against turtlenecks? I don't mind turtlenecks, but at first glance, I thought that uh, Nick was smoking a Nat Sherman cigar. <laughs> and so uh, at first I was like, I'm against this cover completely. Uh, I can't believe he's supporting those. Who don't support us. But as it turns out, that's... Michael Herklotz, I love you. Yeah. <laughs> as it turns out, it's not, a, uh, it's not an instrument. So. so, although I will say, and by the way, to, to any, any of your uh, buddies there, that he did try to get me to smoke a Nat Sherman for the show. 
when I first came <laughs> in. Uh, but I, I rebuffed his advances, and uh, we actually, I actually, and this is turning out to be wonderful so far. Uh, this is the last call, which is the, I guess, the budget line. Yes. From uh, from AJ Fernandez. Okay. Nothing budget about this cigar. It's great. This is. I actually pre-showed that cigar. Oh, did you? Awesome. Yeah. And tell me what you're smoking now. Right now, I've got a uh, the uh, Fuente Gran Reserva. Well, and you know, there's nothing. Yeah, wrong with I was going to say. So, so your expectations are fairly low, is what you're telling me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wow, that's a, that's a great cigar. And you know, we we've talked about this on the show before that with all of the great boutique lines that are out there, sometimes we forget how great a, a wonderful Fuente cigar the is. The big or, uh, are, You know, right. the, some, of the, some of the brands that have been around, a Monte Cristo, Excalibur, some of the things that have been around for a while. They're just classic. And, yeah, They're, they are, and they, and they smoke great, and the construction is good on... Yeah. Look at the burn really, on that. Yeah. Perfect. We talked about this with Trey last week. We truly are in something of a golden age for cigars Absolutely. right Because you can go in that humidor and really just kind of close your eyes and pick something. And you're really likely to wind up being happy with it, unless you just get something that's too strong or mild for your taste or something would be the only, the only thing. But it's a, uh, it, it's a really good time. It's a really good time. There's a lot of good stuff. There's a lot of people, whether it's AJ making stuff for other people or Placencia or Ernesto, that, that are making and you know when you've got those big guys making cigars for the little guys that are coming up they're not going to make a lesser product just because their name's not on it right. because those guys are paying for for them I'm to sure. make it. they're paying for the quality and it's there isn't you know is there a bad cigar in that humidor yes you just smelled it a little while ago <laughs> but the, the leftovers from the, the previous, previous owner the and there's some there's some flavored cigars and of course we're just not flavored guys but you know, you you can go into a humidor and you can you can miss because you get one that, you know, the roller rolled it on Monday afternoon when he was ready to go or Friday afternoon when he was ready to go home and mm-hmm. but it, you may get a little construction but they're handmade. At but Erica, you know, but, but uh, the tobacco that's out there now it's it's great yeah. it's great and the manufacturers are doing great things with it. What's what's I think happened to the industry is that after the boom sort of settled down everybody realized we've got to start getting really good tobacco and aging it and we are now really reaping the, the benefits, benefits yeah, of, yeah. of yeah. that, you know? And it's, uh, yeah. it, it's a really wonderful and, thing. And just about every manufacturer out there is making good stuff. It's one of, the, one of my favorite things about being back into retail is before I'd been on the show several times over the last two years, and we smoked a lot of E.P. Carrillo on the, on the show. And, and I, could talk, I could talk good about other manufacturers. They didn't want me smoking another manufacturer's cigar and that, and on the show, sense. and I get it. They're, you know, you're their employee. Yeah. And now I can talk trash about whoever the hell I want. <laughs> I can say good things, and I can smoke whatever I want so Chris on the Hart. show. No. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's get into the whiskey ginger. I mean, uh, oh, my oh, bad. I'm sorry. Oh. Whiskey neat. Whiskey okay. pee. So I, I want you to tell that story when we come back. We're going to take a quick okay. break because I want to get into the second segment because that's where we start tasting the beer. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I, and I, I feel... We have no reason to put that off uh, at whatsoever, so I'm, re- I'm really psyched. Are you familiar with Fetching Lab? I am. So I actually, we, he, he of course doesn't remember me because I was just a customer, but several years ago, this one right here, I found out he just explained that they release at Christmas. And so I, was, I live in Alvin, and I was at the HEB in Alvin, which has got, it's got to be one of the smallest HEBs anywhere yeah, it's, yeah, it's uh, compared to like Friendswood and Pearlands where there are these huge, massive like Walmarts 
and they ha- actually this little Alvin HEB actually has a pretty good craft beer selection. And he was in there doing a tasting. And I said, all right, you know, I'll try it. And the, the, the pepper caught me, and I was like, it's good. And I'm a stout guy, uh, you know. If he'd, if he'd have poured me an IPA, I would have just passed on by. But this stout was amazing. I would come right in behind you and drink it. And, and I bought a couple of bottles. And then, I don't know, it was probably a couple of months later, I was in there, and I was looking, and that was gone. And now I know why. is because it was a seasonal. Yeah, yeah it's a seasonal. We put it, try to put it out occasionally. Okay. All right, so we're going to get to that and some of the other uh, beers as well uh, from Fetching Lab. Uh, plus, I think we're going to – well, we have all kinds of things to talk about. Uh, the Whiskey Sniff is coming up. We want to uh, give you all the info on that. In fact, it's coming up very soon. Yep. So we've got to get you uh, – What's that? Got to get you up and running. Oh, we will explain all to you, my friend. Oh, okay. Yeah, I want to hear about it. <laughs> uh, and you have stories to tell, and, and we want to find out – uh, more about the brewery. So uh, we'll be right back. It's Smoking and Toasting. Uh, it's show number 157, and we are darn glad to be in Galveston. And with that, welcome back, my friends. Uh, it's Smoking and Toasting. We are uh, live in Galveston, the Galveston Island Cigar Lounge, which, by the way, I have to I really like because it's, it's, it's a very... It, like, you know exactly what you're in for when you hear the name, right? So the first time the three of us got together and talked, what were we were going to call it? All right, Galveston. So the, the previous shop was actually called the Galveston Island Cigar Company. Right. And nothing wrong with the name, but you well, could then get... Then you just need to, to, to spray paint one part of the sign, right? True, true. <laughs> but with, with Galveston Island Cigar Company, you don't know, is it, is it just a place where you just pop in and get a cigar? Do they right. make their own cigars? Right. Sometimes that when I, when I see company, I think, oh, this is one of those places where they're rolling their own on the premises, and that's Correct. kind of the focus of what they do. So, And we wanted you to know, look, know we're in Galveston, on. we're on the island, you can get cigars, and it's a lounge. It's a place. We are a place to come hang out. We're... If you want to come in, buy a box of cigars and go, awesome. We're the place for you. If you want to come in at 11 o'clock in the morning when I open and hang out until 9 o'clock at night when I leave, or 11 on the weekends, then you are more than welcome to do that as well. And what date did you open? I'm sorry? What date did you open? Uh, We opened on uh, August 29th. So we've just a little over a month. So Christmas season coming up. I'm so ready. I'm so ready. (laughs) Awesome. And what are we about to taste here? Okay, so this is our County Road Kolsch. It is a light German ale. I get, like, uh, there's not a lot on the nose, but I get just a little bit of the malt kind of and a little bit of the, A little bit of the spices, kind of the, uh, you know, that sort of Bavarian spice uh, uh, vibe on the nose, which I... It's got a much bigger mouthfeel than I would expect on uh, uh, Kolsch, even. Oh, oh, you're right, because Kolsch is usually... Um, a know, little bit usually thinner. very crisp and a little yeah. bit thinner. But this is this has got wow! This is like abundant flavor. It it's definitely really, crisp. Oh, this yeah. is this is right like up this. this is right up my alley. Yeah. But the crisp, but the crispness yeah. in this is not like a hop snap. The crispness no. is more like a, a, a almost a bitter, um, um, or a, almost a um, burnt caramel, caramel kind yep. of yeah. thing going on. No, you're right. It's really, really nice. Kind of a malty crispness. Like, like, that, a, like that crispy edge on a creme brulee. Mm-hmm. I think that came up last week. Yes, too. it did. <laughs> well, you know, one of the things that I love about what's happening now as, um, you know, for a while, all the breweries were doing, you know, their various IPAs and, and then the stouts and porters and the barley wines. And, the, and now there seems to be this real focus over the last year on pilsners, 
on lagers, on colches, things that uh, even even gozes, like things that are lighter, crisper, but they're styles that I'll just say we're not used to quite this much flavor being in them, and that's what's that's yeah, what's awesome. Really nice. This yeah. is what's the ABV on just, this one? Uh, this one is five two. I believe it's around 5.2. Five five two. Two. Yeah, around 5.2. Five two. Two. Yeah, nice. and, and that's what we wanted to do, something for just simple, mm-hmm. easy, not a lot Sessionable. of, of um, complexity to it, easy to drink. This is yeah, very, we, very drinkable. We this. developed this because, I mean, we're in Houston, for, mm-hmm. for heaven's sakes. It's mm-hmm. hot, and you want a lot of flavor, but you don't maybe want the the, the alcohol content or the, the the really big body of some of the other beers. So we brought it down, but, you know, we know... Sometimes you want a little bit of mouthfeel. No, and I'll, I'll tell you why this is this is a little more on my alley because a lot of times when people think they're oh we're going to make a lighter beer with a lot of flavor they just they hop the shit out of it you know <laughs> understood <laughs> and it yeah. ends up like every yeah. every no, no, what, light beer second. like that tastes let's, tastes basically like an IPA let's 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 back up here that's not necessarily a bad thing. it's not necessarily a bad thing no. but I I generally like more malty you're a malt guy uh, right. flavor. you mm-hmm. generally like more hoppy I so. like the hops yep. But so to me, this is amazing. Though the, uh, the the trend of making lighter and lighter beers is great, but a lot of the a lot of the people making the lighter beers are just adding hops to a really light beer, which makes it yeah. they're, just they're, that hop bitter. Yeah. And that's like I said, there's some that I like. They're okay. I'm not against hops, but I like this. I like the malt. I like the full body and the flavor. That makes yeah. me a lot happier. There, there are uh, some breweries out there that whenever a trend comes along, they jump in with both feet, and that's basically all they produce um, for you know a good long time. Uh, they make good beers. Don't get me wrong, but their their depth of field isn't what I would expect out of our brewery. Uh, like I said, we have 13 taps on, on the wall right now, and we have everything from a, a, a Pilsner, which is just below this right here, up to the, the Fluffy, which I believe we have a bottle of here, which is a, a, a heavy, heavy Imperial Stout. You know, so that give, give, and it's give called that, Fluffy? Yeah, it's called Fluffy. I love that. <laughs> uh, well, there, there, were, there were three of us. We, the three of us put our head together, and we're like uh, trying to come up with an idea. It was a collaboration with uh, Nobi, um, the manager of Channing from, the, the, from Nobi House awesome. up in Clear Lake, mm-hmm. and we were trying to come up with a name. We're like, well, we had three heads put together, so why not... Uh, uh, like Cerberus or whatever, and so it, it, it you know, uh, uh, Fluffy. All right, nice. So Harry Potter, the three-headed dog, was uh-huh. named Fluffy. Right, there you go. yeah. There you go. So it's Cerberus, but a little softer Cerberus. <laughs> right. <laughs> and we actually have um, uh, that beer we put into a Madeira barrel, and it's actually going to come out with a more Cerberus-like name. It might, I don't know if it's going to be Cerberus. It, it will be Cerberus. So, yeah. you know, so we're, we're actually barrel-aging that same beer, so we've got Fluffy and Cerberus, yeah, the bigger like batter. Yeah, or a Cerberus? Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. right. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And it's funny because the uh, the logos for the two of them, uh, the, the Fluffy is actually the big, full Harry Potter black dog, whatever, and for Cerberus, we, we found this picture of, say, just a trick shot the way it is it's, it's three little puppies sticking their hole through a head a head I through a head through a hole whatever and it, it looks like Cerberus a little, little puppy dog heads little it's, it's cute you know uh-huh. so yeah. clearly the dog is your sort of ongoing theme uh, uh, with, yes, with Fetching yes. Lab right? Fetching Lab yes. you know, so who came up with the name oh, our dog <laughs> so actually, the, the the truth be told, so Brett and I, we were sitting on the couch and we we're like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna open a brewery, and we're throwing up names, and all of them are, you know, the each one was worse than the next, right? Or, or it was taken as, as right? name searching as name generally searching goes. Yes. Yeah. 
Well, or it was taken all the best ones. If you search, you know, on Untapped or um, sure. yeah. Beer Advocate or anything, though, there's already a brewery with the name of it, uh, you know, of, of what you want. Right. And so we were at it for hours one day. Hours. And we had just gotten our little yellow lab, Bella, and she was sitting there really <laughs> sweet, right? And she, her head was just kind of like laying on, on her ankle, and she was staring up at us this whole time for like a couple of hours. What puppy will sit there for hours just staring at you? But she was giving you us this look like, I'm right here. Hello. Hello. And we looked down, and we're like, well, what about fetching lab? And Brett's like... No, that's got to be taken. There's that's no got. Way. There's, there's no, no way. way. There's no way. Yeah. Right? We go. We search. We search. We search. No one's taken it. We're like done. It's a great Thank name. You. Yeah. yeah. Great yeah. Name. Also, uh, my uh, older brother has a yellow lab named Bella. Aww. <laughs> well, the we had a Sheltie, a very tall Sheltie at the time, and we were looking for a name for the puppy, and it, she kept he kept going up and grabbing the uh, the. The collar underneath the there, all the, ta- the tags are the collar, and so she had the name Bella because she liked hearing the little ding 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 ding. Bells, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she kept making them ding, uh, I, uh, jingle. I had a Sheltie when I was in my my twenties, and it was one of the most beautiful dogs in they the world. They are gorgeous, but boy, was she dumb. Oh no! Was your was your is your, was your oh, Sheltie no. uh, smart? Our, oh. Super smart. Yeah, I, I I think I just got a. I got one that was too inbred or something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I, but it, oh, boy, no. was this dog dumb. Sweet as could be, but dumb as a box of bones. No, uh, yeah, no ours was, is super smart. And then uh, when he passed, we, he was so smart and just so so bonded and so wonderful that we ended up getting another one because we just, it was, there was this. Uh, uh, missing energy that was the Sheltie because they, you know, they pace all the time, <laughs> yes, right? Yes. And so yeah. when you don't have someone pacing in your you house, get used to that they, around. Yeah. yeah, I have a greyhound now. They sleep. That's what they do. Their specialty is they sleep, sleep. and go thirty miles an hour. Yeah, yeah. That's, there's not a whole lot in between. On <laughs> I, I actually call her a. I all actually right. call her a 45-mile-an-hour couch potato because that's what she is. When me and April were at your house, mm-hmm. I forgot the dog was there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, she likes to hang out in the bathroom. That's, the, yeah. that's her place. And I finally figured out why. It's because uh, she was a, a racing dog, as most greyhounds are rescues. And, and yeah. so they started their life as a racer. And I think that it most closely resembles the kennel. Which is where well, she spent. Well, that's what they yeah. said. I used to work at the dog track out there, and they said that uh, when you're adopting these dogs, you give them 10 minutes of just running like crazy, and the yeah. rest of the day, they're couch potatoes. Oh, yeah. yeah no, absolute couch yeah. potatoes. So, yeah, so she goes and lays down in the bathroom, and if you don't make her move, you'll be, you know, yeah. contorting yourself like crazy just to get to the toilet. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm done with that. That's just, that's just the way it is. Uh, All right. That's her room. This, uh, this next beer here is a, a special one for us. This is actually the beer that launched the brewery. This is the one wow. that, at, as a home brewer, Trace and I have the exact same birthday, and we started producing this for our combined birthday parties, and people kept saying over and over again, they said, listen, I've never had a beer like this. You have got to get this one in the market. So um, this right here is the Blue Mischief Blueberry Cream Ale. Blueberry blueberry cream definitely ale. a blueberry. It's a cream, so it's a solid cream ale with just a very hint of blueberry. You know, sometimes you'll taste these things, and it's just very sickening sweet like very strong right yeah blue. Right. we don't like that we like the subtlety of it so it's Agreed. very very easily going to flavor this almost has a finish like a like a saison it has a little um almost that uh saison funk well, on right. the finish that, yeah. but in a good way when i say funk you know <laughs> like, say, oh. no no in a good way like saison <laughs> it's like an over ripeness kind mm-hmm. of to it yeah right. and uh and, and then the blueberry follows that up and it's really yeah. really well, nice you get this little this little tinge of of funk and tart 
and then That's here comes the, the blueberry. Right, yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah, and it's it's really it's really good, and I love that it's not sweet because you know, I remember you know kind of first getting into trying different beers and trying some of the you know blueberry beers, and, and it was like ah, oh, I, I I just couldn't drink them because they were so sweet. Yeah. Back, you know, back in really before the craft explosion sort of I'm, took when, hold. When we first opened, there were we converted so many people to craft beer using this one beer mm. here. Because I'll never forget, we had just opened up our brewery, and we were we actually had a little kegerator that only hold four kegs at a time, so we could only serve four beers at a time at the day at the brewery. And this giant mountain of a guy, about the size of all of us put together, walks up there and he slides his cup and then goes, "I'll have a blueberry." I'm so, sorry. What? I'll have one of the blueberries. <laughs> just say, man, if you want one, just say it, all right? You know, just be a guy. It is, it's on it, man. So, so when did you open? How long? How we long opened up in February of 2015. Okay. Uh, okay. But we had actually been planning the brewery for almost six years before that. I mean, it, it was a long, long road. And I gather from what you said, you were homebrewing prior to this. Yeah, I started brewing in 2000. Um, I I was working out at NASA at the time, and I was also working on my uh, thesis for my uh, genetics degree, and I'm running beside this guy at a a boot camp that I was running, and he asked me, William, he made the the mistake of asking a scientist, what are you working on, you know? (laughs) And so I was telling him all about this stuff, and I won't bore you with the detail, but it was using yeast. And so we get into this five-mile run, and he's like, "Uh, hey, Brett, I can't tell you a thing about what you just told me. I don't remember anything. But I tell you what, come over to my house this weekend. I'll show you something to do with that yeast you have a lot more fun with. And it was a whole bunch of home brewers and stuff. And it was like, I was nice. hooked. Wow. Absolutely hooked. Wow, that, that's so cool because there is a um, their, their trend of home brewing really kind of preceded yes. the craft explosion. Yeah. And I think Very that's, much so. I think that's really, in, in so many ways, is probably responsible for it because so many people said, Wow, this is great and it's different. You should make this available to everybody, and that's where I think a lot of the, a lot of the early, not the very first, but a lot of the early wave of the craft thing. That's where a lot of it came from. And another thing that actually surprised me, if um, I've actually been looking for like a, a reporter to actually do the footwork on this one, but if you were to actually do a, a degree load of the owners and head brewers at the breweries, at least here in Houston and stuff, other than a, a field like a doctor or a lawyer where you're required to have a degree or stuff of like this, the, the um, um, it's it's massive. We're talking PhDs in chemical engineering well, and, and yeah. the highest uh-huh. educated people you could possibly imagine doing these things. It's really smart people. Well, that, and that's what we've talked about this before, but that's that's one of the reasons, like, I would love the idea of becoming a master brewer, but I did yeah. not pay attention in those classes <laughs> in school, and He's so a I, I would be yeah, right. Oh, I'd, I'd be just yeah, I'd be just like my mom cooks, you know, a little pinch of this and that, and, and, and it'd be terrible. This is different than spaghetti sauce. It, unfortunately, uh, yes, it is. But you're you're right. There's there's so many people who are scientists who've become brewers. Right. But it, what's really great about you know beer and, and, and home brewing is that you don't have to have a degree. You don't no. have to know anything about science. You know, it's um, you know it's it's as it's easy enough for just anybody to do it, but it attracts so many people from well, such a wide variety of of industries, right. and it just is really interesting that um, you know how many people who you know have backgrounds where they could be you know doctors and engineers and stuff, and they're like, I don't want to do that anymore. I want to brew beer. Because well, there's a lot of people who have made their money in those fields and decided, okay, Absolutely. this is what I'm going to use that money Absolutely. to start so this. Yeah. Homebrewing, in its essence, 
and this is for people listening because you already know this, you already know this, but homebrewing in its essence is uh, like learning to cook. It's following a recipe, yes. and if you follow the recipe, there's really, really good chance that you're going to end up with a good product. You know, you put good ingredients, and, uh, and you follow the recipe, it's probably going to turn out beer good. Wants to be, beer wants know? to be made. Yeah, I love so, that. but there's a level, like, when you decide, okay, we're going to start a brewery, now you have to bring in a big level of consistency to your beer that you don't have to have as a home brewer, because right. as a home brewer, you can do a little pinch of this, or I'm going to try that, or I wonder what this tastes like with all these Jolly Ranchers in it, or anything. Oh, oh no, matter, brewers you know? still do that. <laughs> <laughs> But if you're yeah. gonna have if you're gonna have a core line at your brewery, you have yes. to have the consistency because exactly. this right here is something that you said this is the one that started your brewery. Every time you brew this, this is what people expect now. Exactly, right. this it, it is can't taste different next batch. Well, yeah. there, and there is a, when you're using natural ingredients, you're going to get variability. If whether you love them or hate them, not making any just because one thing Budweiser has done is they showed that it can be done consistently. Consistent, but yes. If you right. actually understood the science behind it, what it takes, they literally have had to take it down to the lowest common denominators using as few ingredients and control every aspect mm-hmm. of it in order to do that. But you know. You're absolutely right. And that's, you know, to their credit, they yeah. learned how to do that on a mass scale. And you're right. Right. If you open a Budweiser, Today in Texas, and you open one six months from now in you know New York, they're going to taste exactly the same. Right. Whereas yeah. a craft beer from batch to batch may have There's some some variables. some variables because you know if your hops are you know from one year to the next, if yeah. there was if right, it was right. a drought year versus a rainy year, it's you know. I still don't know. Very, yeah, mm-hmm. I still don't know how you achieve the consistency, and I I say this about cigars too, like. How do they do it? Because every crop of tobacco yeah. is different. Every you know, every crop of hops yeah. is slightly different. You, you, know? you take a lot of notes. Um, you manage the variables that you can manage, and you know, you just pray. really and pray. <laughs> what? No, but you have good processes. You know, quality control. You're taking measurements throughout the throughout the process to make sure you're what you right. can control. You control what you can't. You just say, all right, you know, handmade product. Yeah. One mm-hmm. last question about home brewing. Um, because I've never ventured into that, and I know you have. And, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, but, do they make any sort of paint by numbers type homebrew kits <laughs> yeah, for people so, like yes, me yes, that that did <laughs> yes, not pay attention in right. uh, chemistry? So, have y'all had has Chris been on before? From that, that owns beers, looking at you. Uh, no, no. I don't think so. Chris no. Arafo. Okay, so smoke ring, beers, looking at you. There is a store next to it. You can go in and buy anything, yeah, anything and everything, including recipes. Nice mm-hmm. to homebrew. Oh yeah, they've, they've, also, they've got just boxes. You can literally just take the box home. And it's got everything you already made in. There's a might system, be and I can't remember the name of it. A friend of mine got one for Christmas, and he actually made some drinkable beers out of it. But it's literally this gloop. It's it's no, it's the entire thing. You make the beer in it. It's like a little like a Kira uh, coffee thing. Yeah, it's like a little plastic keg, and it lives in your refrigerator. And you just make your beer in it, and like in a month, you have beer that's drinkable. It's really it was very strange, hmm. but it was like a, a just a couple steps, super easy, and it was drinkable. And that I think it was like eighty dollars for the whole thing. You making your own five or like three gallons or something like that, whatever it was. Yeah, well, they have everything from like a full extract where it's basically you get the syrup and it's everything just syrup 
You feed boil it, it, throw some hops in it, feed it yeast. Yeah. It takes you very – you do it on your kitchen sink, you know, or not kitchen sink, sorry, your uh, kitchen stove. Um, to all the way to well, like what we're doing, it's all grain. We, we, you know, we don't have any syrups, any extracts right. that are in the process. We have to extract our own sugars from from the grains. But they have, they even have a partial where it's part grain, part um, syrup. So you have a little bit more variability into what you want to make. Um, so there's there's a wide variety of kits that you can start on. Everything from literally throwing a pot, boil it for a minute. Or not a minute, but well, you know, yeah, yeah. For, for, you know sterilize, it. sterilize it, you know, boil it, break down the sugars, and put it into when, a bucket and put some yeast. When in. she's talking about the syrup, she's talking about a, a partial grain recipe sometimes, or even one that uh, that you don't actually have collection. to deal with the grain, where uh, they've already uh, extracted the sugar from the grain, and then they condense it, right. and it's it's literally a bag of syrup that you get, and you can make some pretty good home brews out of that and it chops off having to have uh, a bit of uh, equipment to home brew and it chops off a few hours of your time and and the tedium of holding your grain at a very exact temperature to extract the sugars and things like that so then you end up like she said you put it in a you put it in a um in a big uh a pot and you boil it and then you add water to volume and then you pitch your yeast and and all well, those things right. i'll tell you how i do it i have this machine i get in it i insert this little thing i turn it to the right it starts i drive to specs <laughs> and then i i buy whatever looks good and maybe somebody's sampling and i try some of that it, you, you're skipping well. a, a couple steps i have yes it is it is a magic beer machine you, you know what's funny about that is that's a lie because you live in a building where there's a grocery store downstairs that's true you go downstairs in your robe sometimes Come yes on. it it has happened it has happened the address you don't want to move into is <laughs> oh no I, i'll tell you what it, i'm i'm so with, frustrated with your fuzzy slippers i'm so frustrated Having flashbacks to the great Lombowski. You know. Yeah. I'm so frustrated because someone that I know just moved into my building. And I have run into her like half a dozen times in the last couple of weeks. I can't just wear my bathrobe down to the store to get beer anymore. It's just too embarrassing. All right. Tell you what. First, let me just say, I can see why this launched your brewery. That is that is really an amazing beer. Yeah, and both I, of them have been fabulous. I, I love it. Absolutely love it. Um, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll try some more beer. Uh, we got to talk uh, uh, whiskey sniff because we haven't done that yet. So I want to tell you all about that. And uh, I know Alan is just bursting with stories to tell us. It's just Chris Hart. Yeah, oh, okay. Well, perfect. We'll be right back with that. Uh, it's Smoking and Toasting. We're live in Galveston. Show number 157. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting, show number 157. Those guys and we are, crazy. are We are live in Galveston. We're brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant, 1814 Washington Ave in Houston, and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. Bacon, 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 bacon. I'm uh, uh, going to uh, be hanging out with our boy Jeremiah in a couple of days, so I'm really, I'm really psyched because... Uh, yeah, he he knows a little bit about whiskey. I've discovered. Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. He's, he's he's known. He's been known to partake. He's been known to partake. And you yes. know, it's it's so funny. The one thing I will say is, every time <clears throat> since I've known about B and B, a couple of years ago, three years ago, and I've been there a dozen times over the last couple of years, 
every time I go, I get something different off the menu, except I always get the bacon. You oh, you have to always get, always the, bacon. get the bacon. It's a requirement. The so good. It's a law. It is. It's ridiculous. It's, it's just a it's law. It's ridiculously good. And I think we've mentioned this last week, but if you want a slightly different bacon experience, go across the street to BB Lemon, Lemon. and they make a Parmesan I heard bacon that is just it's unbelievable. It's well, so it makes good. me wonder what they're going to do at Annie's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if I don't know if there was any bacon on the menu in Annie's before. If, if you've never been there, oh, you have to go to B and B. Okay. Oh, it's amazing. Make it a date because the bacon is this thick, which doesn't drizzled, seem like it would be good because I like drizzle you know, with truffle bacon, oil and but blue this is cheese. The most amazing thing ever. It, like I want to wear it like cologne. It's so good. <laughs> oh my like, I just want to really? rub it. I want to so rub it on my you shirt. with bacon keep, as keep, cologne. Keep yeah. <laughs> That'd keep, be pretty keep exciting. Talking. Look, look, keep look, Alan. I'm gonna give you 20 minutes to quit that. Okay. <laughs> Tiffany's, <laughs> over, Tiffany's over there looking <laughs> at us like you better stop. Imagine, <laughs> imagine how drawn to you Matt Booth would be if you were wearing. Uh, Hold on. Bacon. Let's 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 reverse that. Could you imagine what he would be like if Matt was wearing bacon? Oh wow! Yeah. If he didn't have the puppy dog eyes before. Yeah, Matt Booth I, I, from Room 101 and, uh, and Ian, when we did an interview at the Whiskey Social last year, let's just say they made a special connection. That, that was a lot. That was kind of what it This is like. what you look like looking at Matt. <laughs> is that wrong? No, I didn't say it was wrong. I'm just yeah, saying that's right. what you look like. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm being judged here. No, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. Observation. Strictly an observation. I uh, wanted to mention a story that uh, I had several people uh, send this story to me this week. My wife sent it, and my wonderful friend Maria Todd, the radio personality, sent it to me and said, oh, I saw this. I thought of you. You, you have to talk about this on your show. Uh, I lived in uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, for several years, mm-hmm. uh, and I know we have listeners in the, uh, in the Pennsylvania area. And if you are from Pennsylvania, uh, this has to blow your mind because two of your state treasures are getting together. And if you're not from Pennsylvania, you probably should plan a trip to sample the new collaboration between Yangling and Hershey's Chocolate. Yangling and Hershey's uh, Chocolate have teamed up for a rich chocolate porter. Now, hold on, hold on. Pause. I want to point out that Yangling Porter is one of the best porters in the United States. It is so good. Yangling is the oldest Have you had this? In, in the no, US. I'm just looking at you. You haven't tried ours yet, and you're saying that I'm missing it. It is so good. <laughs> It is so good. It is absolutely fantastic, and they're putting Hershey chocolate. Hershey's in. chocolate, yes. Wow. Yes, yeah. it's a it's a collaboration. And if you're from Pennsylvania, you understand Hershey's like, I mean that's 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 just such an important thing in the state of Pennsylvania. Sure. They they have an amusement park. Two yes. powerhouses, yeah. right? Hershey there. Park, right? Right. There you go. Thank you. That's the right word. Two powerhouses of Definitely Pennsylvania have teamed up. So Definitely so yeah. So we'll be we'll be looking uh, uh, to get our oh, hands on and some. You of didn't that bring your porter. We brought uh, some stouts. And <laughs> <laughs> the por- actually, there's to some say. of the porter in there. Oh, is yeah. there? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. All right. So real, real quick here, just so we can start drinking here or there. This is our um, uh, Brutal Summer Brute IPA. Brutal Summer. So if I you love like it. IPAs. This is a nice, dry, crisp uh, Centennial CTZ Simcoe. Simco, uh, it's my Achilles heel. So oh, yeah. I'll try it. So Brute. So Brute basically just means dry. Correct. Draw, yes. Because if you're if you're familiar with, you know, sparkling wine or champagne, if you get a brute, it's dry. Which that's actually the kind of champagne that I like. I don't like the the sweeter, 
Uh, a lot of proseccos are a bit sweet for me, but yeah. the brute, boy, that's yeah. that's what I like. I've yeah, been called a, a brute. Does that mean I'm dry? Yes, it means you <laughs> have a very dry <laughs> sense of yeah. So that's how that's what it is. Without getting too de- technical, on there there is a uh, thing called gravity, which tells you about how much sugar is in the. Uh, you scientists. Yeah, I know. I'm so scientists. <laughs> um, this one right here, we actually have pictures of it where it's at point uh, nine nine eight. Now, now pure water is one point zero zero zero. So to hit point nine nine eight means you've pretty much gotten every bit of sugar. So this floats the, in the tank. Is this, what yeah, basically, yeah. You know, this is this is about it. as dry as you can theoretically. What he's saying get. is he has scienced the shit out of this. Oh beer. yes, it's, it's <laughs> what it, it is. One of my favorite beers to make, and it's only because of my appreciation of the science, the sciences, that I will tell you that this is just delicious. This is this is a wonderful, wonderful yeah. brewed IPA. So in an IPA, you've got two halves to it. You've got the hop side, which everyone mm-hmm. raves about, but you also have the malt side, mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. have to which balance. a lot of people leave off. You, yeah, you've got to balance these two <laughs> out, with the exception of a brute, because of the processing. Because you're taking every bit of that sugar away, what you're basically getting is just the pure hop. So so if you over hop mm-hmm. it. Yeah, it's going to be just like really astringent, really strong, whatever. So, right, so it's going to have that resonance is a, is a quality to it. And, yes. and a, a good fun, yeah, I, I agree. Opinion. Balance is balance is the key. I I feel like I'm dealing with IPA haters here today. So I, just, uh, you I, know, so I, I like this. This has uh, a little more balance on the uh, warmer side of the flavors, and it's not just a hot bite. Um, this is not a beer that I generally would go out of my way and drink i things that i really like about it though is that the aftertaste has a nice bitterness to it that doesn't it's not cloying um it didn't stick around too long also i'm noticing a very this is actually a little bit thinner uh mouthfeel than your other beers but you have a very similar mouthfeel when we say we take the sugar out a lot of that mouthfeel is actually brought around by what's called non-fermentable residual sugars and if you take them all out that beer by its very nature will be a lot thinner a little thinner overall gotcha by its style it's going to be a thinner beer now, by contrast, I can tell you I would go actually a long way out of my way to drink this beer because this is, to me, this is right in my wheelhouse of, of, of flavor for what well, I like. You don't so, have to go that far. It's just a right. couple of miles and that's, up the road. That's, and that's, <laughs> that's the good news. So let me ask you this. You mentioned, um, uh, Alan, I think you mentioned, or, or, or was it Ian? I, I don't remember now, but one of you mentioned finding this beer in an H-E-B. Or finding yeah. finding fetching lab beer mm-hmm. in an HEB. Um, how difficult is it as a you know as a startup brewery? You're you're putting your beers out there. You feel like you got a great product. People are telling you how great your product is. How difficult is it to crack that code and get into whether it's the liquor stores or the grocery stores? Is it? It's it's absolutely terrifying. Um, but it, it's it's tough, um, and that's why a lot of breweries sign with uh, distributors, right? Right. We're, we in fact we signed with a distributor for a, a period of time, and that was really a painful topic. But now we're now we're back to now we're back to self distribution. But because the code is so tough to to to, to crack and to really um, kind of follow because you've got to have the labor, you've got to be able to do the Somebody's got to drive gotta, the beer to the yeah, stores, the, all the of that. schedule, yeah. you know, it's, it's a logistical mm-hmm. nightmare, right? Um, so, but because of all of that, so many breweries sign with distributors who that is what, That's what they, they do, do sure. right? right. Um, but at the same time, when you sign with the distributor, you're also taking a, a cut that you would normally make for your right. you know, with your brewery, and you're dro- you know you're dropping your your overall um, um, 
profit. Profit. So thank you for the word. You know, um, but if the if the distributor is doing their job, you get make it up in quantity, right? Right. right. But if they don't make it up in quantity, then, right. then you just take the, the cut. So there's yeah. this there's this risk, right? This risk, and it's and it's terrifying to. Um, uh, to to try to make you know make the decision do I stay as self distributor do I go with a distributor who really knows what they're doing um, if I'm going to be a, yeah, but you, and you're not the only yeah. product they're distributing yeah, either so absolutely you know, am I am I a big fish in a small pond or a small mm. fish in a big pond right mm -hmm. which one is going to be better right so you're you're trying to make those decisions um, right now we're self distribution um, and yeah trying to get learn you know, what HEB does versus Specs versus um, uh, Total Wine, they all have different systems, right. do, different ways that they buy. It's, it's Do either of you have any uh, experience whatsoever in sales? And is, <laughs> I sold sunglasses in high school. <laughs> Sunglass hut? No, it was one in New Mexico. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was in a lab most of the time. So. <laughs> um, what percentage of your revenue um, comes... From, out of your tap room, um, we're still new enough that the numbers are, are balancing out, but uh, we're probably pulling about eighty percent is coming just from the tap room itself, nice. which is which is really nice. We're hoping to get that number much much higher, where where it would support us one hundred percent. Because um, we haven't been to your tap is, room, you have a bunch of regulars that come out and hang out, and yeah, uh, Tech City, uh, that back that area. Look. I've been down in the uh, Houston, Galveston, you know, South Houston, Galveston area for a good chunk of my life now, and my entire relationship with Texas City up until this point has been, okay, so you're driving down 45, <laughs> and you're going to go past Texas City by one exit, and you're going to make a left. You know, that's been my entire... Right, right. We're in there now, and I can't tell you that city, the, the city... Um, um, the, the rules and regulations as far as they've applied to us has been the most business friendly you could possibly imagine. They, I got there for a while. I was getting weekly phone calls from the mayor and the, uh, the city managers and everyone just saying, hey, is there anything you need? And twice, wow. I, twice I'm like, hey, I got some paperwork. I'm trying to figure out what to do with it. And they're like, come on in. And they literally have like the head of the department sit down and fill the paperwork out for me. You know, I mean, it's that's, been awesome. That's and very then, opposite from what we usually hear, actually. And when, we, yeah. when we got back there in that little, that little area there, People started coming in. So you got to realize our, uh, the building that we found, and the reason that we're at the location is because this building is a 100-year-old building. It's got an incredible history to it. People coming in there because it started out as a pharmacy. People coming in going, oh, yeah. And they still call it AG's Pharmacy. They talk about how they used to work there or go there when they were kids. And there's a nice – people walk in. Everyone's, John, you know, it's like, like uh, cheers. Everyone seems to know <laughs> each other back there. And it's a great little community back there. So we're really pleased with gotta it. That's awesome. that. Well, that, you know, that area of Texas City where y'all are at – they have really put some money into revitalizing it. Uh, Manny's uh, headquarters Manny. is there, El Cabano. Mm -hmm. um, that's where they roll all their cigars. There's some really nice restaurants that have opened up over there. Um, it's it's really a nice area. They've, they've done very well over there. Yeah, they, they, they are revitalizing the well, Sixth Street. They're doing a lot. I've, I've only driven through there uh, a few times. I've been to Manny's and a couple other places there. But it seems like what they're doing is revitalizing, especially a lot of the older buildings, too. They're not necessarily just building new stuff but they're right, putting right they're trying to make that whole town in in downtown area really yeah it's the whole sixth street be. revitalization uh, project so they've put a lot of money in there they've redone all the street lamps into these led they're, they they look like the old school street lamps but they're all led and they're beautiful um they're yeah they're revitalizing the buildings um they are trying to keep some of the old um 
the building look and feel from right, the right. from the heyday because it's you know it's a hundred years of history. That's you know, cool. Yeah. When they can, there are times when you just there's sometimes you can't save the building, right? right. Um, I think. Hey, Mikey's. They, oh, that ice cream started, parlor yeah. is amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. And but when he got went in to uh, start um, renovating, they were knocking stuff out, and I was. And I think they ended up with like one wall that they could keep, you know. And they had to. Right? I mean, they, they literally had to knock most of the building down because it just didn't have the bones that they thought it did. If I think for, so. for those of uh, for those of you out there listening that aren't. Uh, real familiar with where Texas City is. If you're driving south from Houston on 45, Texas City is uh, about two-thirds of the way to Galveston from Houston. Uh, and it's just, it's like one exit, right? Is it five? Johnny Palmer Highway. Uh, it's, uh, well, there's, um, you can go, what, 197, which is like Highway 6 and 197. That goes right, right up through the... Um, uh, through the plants, and you'll pass us, and then you get up, uh, up right, uh, right. 6th Street, right? It turns into 6th Street. Right. Um, and then there's 1764 right. or uh, Palmer Highway, right? Right. So if yeah. any of you mm-hmm. find yourself on a day trip out to Galveston, that's a great way to stop on the way there or the way back because it is right along the way. And yes. it's not out of the way. It's Once you turn off the freeway, you're kind of in Texas City yeah, right there. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And everything's kind of just like five minutes off yeah. the freeway. Yeah. You know, kind of like right here. It was like yeah. five oh, minutes off, you know. Yeah, yeah so uh, to put the plug in there, yeah, we're open Thursday through Sunday. Uh, <laughs> Thursday and Friday we open at 3 yeah, o'clock. Plug and um, <laughs> Friday and Saturday we open at um, at noon. Uh, Thursday is our trivia night, and we try to, we've been trying to release a brand-new beer at the tap room every Thursday. So every Thursday we've at least got one new beer out there. And you mentioned earlier that you were releasing a new beer every week. Yes. That is incredibly ambitious. <laughs> yes. It really is, yeah. Yes. Especially for a small brewery. How many taps did you say you had? 20? Oh, 13, 13 taps. Okay, 13. 13. We also keep a, a wine, a red wine, a white wine, and a cider from uh-huh. Dual Wine. Nice. Wine and cider. Out um, of, uh, and just because we're a GPS-oriented society now or a smartphone-oriented society, what is the actual address of the tap? 221 6th Street North in Texas City. Okay. Seven seven five nine zero. Seven seven five nine zero. That should enable you to find it. There you go. Uh, and, and what's the address here, Alan? Eighteen thirteen sixty first Street, Suite one hundred four, Galveston, Texas. And seven seven five five one. And that's like what is it? Fifteen to twenty minutes from each other there. Oh yeah, we're we're yeah, yeah like fifteen minutes. Far. Yeah. It would actually be. This is going to sound crazy, but Double D's house is fifteen minutes from this shop. So they're 14 minutes away because they are literally a minute from yes. his house. <laughs> yes. Nice. Yeah. Now you know why he knows them so well. Right. Right. Yes. Right. Yes. Well, Double so D is wonderful. We love him so much. The idea Fantastic. of being basically walking distance if he from needed your favorite to. tap room oh, is man. a good thing. Stumbling, stumbling distance, yeah, crawling distance. distance. I love it. I love it. At the risk of blowing the poor uh, sound guys, goes, <sighs> Luke. It's time to go to the dark side. <laughs> so now we're the, the dark beers here. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I know this is going to... Don't, don't twist my arm on that yeah, one. I know this is yeah. going to be tough to talk on right. and, and, and eat. So this, this is, is Fluffy. This is an oh, Oatmeal fluffy. Imperial Stout. 9.2%. This is a um, collaboration with Nobi Public House uh, manager um, Channing Heron. 
a bit more hop forward than uh, than most of them. It's got it's got yeah. very strong chocolate notes. It really does. It's, uh, he he put forth this recipe. We looked at the same. We went wow. <laughs> the the bitter chocolate on this is so good. Yeah. Yes, this is so Absolutely. nice. It's it's that that's actually my favorite yeah. kind of chocolate flavor. The one that's almost gritty and and bitter. Yeah, I love that. Absolutely love that. Um, what for the uninitiated? What makes a beer an imperial? Um, imperial means that you've taken a beer that you would normally, and we'll just make up a number for the moment here, uh, say 6%, mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, this my, my base recipe is going to be a 6%. I'm jacking this up. We're going to take the alcohol way up. So basically you're raising the alcohol level of it. Right. Uh, and there's several different terminologies you can use. Imperial is what you'll typically use with either a stout um, right. or I've uh, I've seen Imperial or, or an IPA, yeah, or yeah. IPA, whatever. So, it is so you, with a lot of beers, you'll see you know, sort of your regular and then a double, and then Imperial seems to be the next yeah. step. Is Typically, that right? you say a double is, is you're talking like Belgians and stuff. Like, right. like I said, there's several different terminology you can use or for them, yeah. and it's 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 to, to my knowledge is there's not really a strong um, consistency with how you do it. And it's there's just, not like a number that once you're above that number, it's considered in terms of ABV that it's considered an imperial right there's some standards like the you know there's bjcp guidelines but you know when you get into you know there's a lot of crossover there's a lot of gray area i mean even the basic difference between a porter and a stout is such a gray area mm-hmm. that you know you can call a porter a stout a stout a porter and a lot of people wouldn't be like oh no this stout is really a porter or vice versa right, right? because there's a lot of kind of gray area in that space so i, I think there's of, guidelines but it's not like hard and true like this is the rule i think of stouts as having maybe a little fuller mouthfeel than a porter is that is that a generally yeah, in, in general? Uh, that's how people feel about it. But as far as the, like BJCP guidelines, they almost read really close. You know, yeah. or re- re- almost the same. So science going away to history now. There, okay. Uh, originally, there you had stouts, and then you had like uh, pale ales and things like this right there. Um, and these things were taxed at different rates. And what they started to do <laughs> is they would actually blend the heavy stout, whichever one wanted, with a lighter beer. So that ta- have the, the amount of taxes that you had to pay, which wasn't a lot, but when you're working on this thing. So this one particular sure. class of people, this one set of workers would go in and they'd do this and they'd, they'd order this exact same thing over and over and over again until one day a, a brewer in um, um, England actually decided to make a beer that was basically blended from the very beginning. And he called it after that class, which were the porters, or as we call them, dock workers now. So that's mm-hmm. how it got its name. So porters is typically a smaller version, a lighter version of a stout, but right. there's not exactly any any clear line between them. Right. Between them. Uh, I will say this goes wonderfully with the last call uh, cigar from AJ, yeah. which I just just mm-hmm. kind of finished. But wow, does it uh, pair up nicely! This is a delicious beer, and it's burying my cigar. Is it? Like, yeah, the flavor <laughs> of the beer has just buried this. And then, well, but this is not a particularly big cigar, right? Either. The the AJ's, of course, Nicaraguan tobacco, so it's got. Just enough kick to like really light it up, marry uh, really nicely with that. Yeah, this this has reduced my cigar to one dimension, and my cigar just tastes like toast now. But toast is a good. No, thing. it's a good thing. <laughs> but it's. <laughs> but it's something. I love this beer. Um, so when you're going uh, to an imperial, um, when you're going to an imperial, you have to compensate. Do you just take the same? 
beer and pitch more yeast to create more alcohol, mm. or you have to compensate it's that? It's more of everything. It's more of everything. Very bitter yeah, because right. it has to have more sugar to feed on, right? Right. right. Yeah, so the the yeast, it uh, the, sorry, the alcohol is a minor, minor portion of the yeast. The yeast controls that. There are certain types of yeast that will do what's called attenuation. In other words, it'll eat more of the sugars, uh-huh. and, and it will live longer in a higher alcohol. So you, so with a certain types of yeast, you can get more, but it's controlled by the amount of sugar that you use, the amount of grain that you start. Right, so you're going right. to up that grain. But when you're enlarging right. recipes, um, certain types of grains, especially with hops, it's not a linear scale, so you actually have to take into account how the, you know, as you get bigger and bigger and the, and the way your equipment responds to these larger loads, so you have to up and down. You can't just draw a straight line from this point to this point. You actually have to figure out ingredient by ingredient how, how to adjust I'm it. always amazed by the science of that, and this is true in the whole food industry or whatever as well. You can't just, it's not like at home where if you're going to make twice as much spaghetti sauce you make exactly. twice as much ingredients because yeah. that only works to a certain volume exactly and then after that all the ratios are way off and yeah. that's that's what you're talking about absolutely right? yeah. absolutely fascinating see this is why i didn't try the home brewing thing it's easier when you're making five gallons yeah. at a time well, that's, sure. that's, that's true. right yeah if you want to do five ten gallons you can, you can just go ahead and ratio just, you know go ahead keep yeah. it in ratio you, you, you'll right. be okay all right okay so uh we got to talk um about the whiskey sniff, because it's coming up and it's going to be uh, even bigger than last year. It is Wednesday, November sixth. It is upstairs at B and B Butchers and Restaurant, eighteen fourteen Washington Ave in Houston, and it is last year. Uh, we tried keeping the first one relatively small. Yes, because the idea was, you know, let's just do this and have fun and. Hopefully people come and enjoy it. We didn't know what the response was right. going to be either. Hopefully people will come and enjoy it, and they'll talk about it and tell people. That, well, we got an overwhelming response from the people that were there. People had such a great time, and they talked about it. They were talking about it on social media. Uh, and so I'm going to guarantee you that a large percentage of the people who were there last year are coming back. So we enlarged it this year, uh, got more space upstairs at B&B. Um, and we've also added about half again as many um, uh, uh, beverages. Yes, yeah, yeah. spirits. So one of the funniest things, you talked about the response from the people that came there, which was overwhelming and wonderful, and everyone that uh, came out was absolutely uh, uh, wonderful and raving about it, but one of the funny things that happened is the spirit vendors enjoyed it and right. they've responded like we want to be part of it next year and we know some people and we've already talked to some people and Absolutely. it's it's grown in both directions on both sides of the event and i'm super happy about that too so the sniff was born uh at the event was born from something that is a thing that ian does uh when he's gonna have a whiskey and a cigar and so walk us through how the sniff originated so the whiskey sniff originated as uh, i have a, a little bit of a collection now my collection compare like pales horribly in comparison to someone like alan denny's or chris hart's collection which is hundreds of bottles i have mm, 20s of bottles maybe 20s i like that maybe almost 30s of bottles dozens <laughs> dozens how about that <laughs> i may have a couple dozens but um but one of the things that i would do is i would uh, i would choose a cigar that I wanted to smoke for the evening. And, uh, and I smoke outside of my patio, so I'd light my cigar, and I would smoke just through the initial light of it and just get the flavor of that cigar on my palate. 
And this is so important because uh, once you have that cigar flavor on your palate, and that's in your nose, that's in your mouth, that's all your taste buds are reacting to that, then I would set my cigar down and I would go inside and I would just pull the top off the bottle of the whiskey and give it a sniff. And it's literally this easy. You just, you just go, you know. And you could, by the way, that would have gone great with the cigar I have. Um, and uh, you can literally tell just through the nose of what you're smelling how well it's going to go with your cigar. Mm-hmm. This, I've never missed on this. Um, if you're paying attention to how it reacts, uh, then you can go through and sniff, you know, five, seven, 20 whiskeys if you want. And, and what I generally do is I sniff through a few, and the ones that smell really good I set off to the side. And you go back. And then I go back after I've narrowed it down and smell them, and I go, okay. And then it usually boils down to a choice of one and two, and I'll pick one and go. And then what happens is after you finish that drink, because cigars usually take, you know, most cigars are going to take about 45 minutes to an hour, unless you're smoking something particularly small or particularly large. Uh, but so you finish your drink, and then you now have that drink in your palate and the cigar in your palate and how they blend together and your next whiskey sniff which you go in is going to evolve it's going to be different because now you have different flavors in your palate and it's so interesting to see how that evolves and just keeps evolving throughout the evening because you're reacting specifically to your palate it's really hard to find a bad uh uh, collaboration that way so ian who is great at naming things not only does this, but he refers to it as the whiskey sniff. So he tells me the story we're talking about it on the show, and I said, that sounds like an event to me. And that's how the whiskey sniff, the event, was born. Our first one was last year, about a year ago. And uh, we had all these different uh, beverage companies come out, bring their lines, their you know, different expressions. And people bought their ticket. When they arrive, they get a bag that's got some, you know, some goodies in it, some tchotchkes, and a handful of cigars. They decide which cigar they want to light up. They light it up, and then they make the rounds and have an opportunity to sniff the whiskeys. And, and there are generally some other beverages there as well, some rums and some other things. And this year, we've taken it, we've refined that a little bit because all the whiskeys will be poured out into a small Glencairn, which will make it much easier to pick to sample up and, just, and, yeah. and, and do the sniff on. And then if that's your one you want to try, and believe me, you'll want to try a lot more than one. That's the whole purpose of the thing and, is to try that, have a little bit, and go, okay, let me try another one. You know? Well, I got to the point where at my house I would do this, and I would short pour. So I'm talking about a half ounce to maybe an ounce. Uh, I would I would pour because I always wanted to see what the next one was going to be like and what the next one was going to be like. And if you short pour, you yeah. can stay awake through the whole, you know, thing. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> Whereas if you're pouring two-ounce drinks, you're not. But one of the beautiful things about an event like the Whiskey Sniff is we're going to have so many whiskeys, so many spirits there, that if you try them all, you're not walking out of there. Right. You know, I mean, that's just not going to happen. Even at a half-ounce pour, that's going to add up too fast. But you can pick and choose, and you can go try things that you've, you know, like seen on the shelf, and you go, well, I don't know if I want to commit to that, you know, if I don't know what it tastes like. You, man, this is, it's, it's like creating a shopping list on top of uh, having cigars and hanging out. It's, it's a wonderful One time. of the things I noticed people did last year, when they found something that worked really well, they had a tendency to snap 
photos of the bottle so yes, they could yes. so they could find it when they get to uh, when they get to the store. So the uh, event is Wednesday, November sixth. It'll be from six to eight p.m. upstairs at B and B in Houston. Uh, tickets are available. They're one hundred and twenty-five dollars. And trust me, you by the time you add up the cigars and the whiskey, it'll be well worth it. Much more so than you might think. B and B will be passing around food. Uh, their food is terrific. Last year they did have the little bacon on the toothpick. Mm-hmm. I expect that will happen again. Um, but it's it's just one of the things that was so cool about it was just getting to hang with people, getting to talk to the people from the different uh, spirit companies and from the different whiskeys and ask them questions. And, and that was, I think, why they enjoyed it so much yeah. is because they got to really talk with There's people. There was a lot of interaction. The, and it yeah. wasn't just a dash to try a bunch of whiskeys. So Eventbrite is the place to go. Enter smoking and toasting. Or enter Whiskey Sniff, and you'll find it with, uh, with no problem. And uh, it will last year sold out, so I'm just saying don't wait too long. We do have more tickets this year, but don't wait too long. Well, if I remember correctly, because I, was, I, I spent a lot of time talking with the two of y'all and with Danielle from William Grant and Sons mm-hmm. and uh, Frank Fernandez, no, Nick uh, from uh, Four Roses. Mm-hmm. And, but a distillery brought out something special. And wasn't that, was it Yellow Rose? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They brought out something that it was fabulous. It really was. It was. It really was. Fabulous. And the fabulous. most amazing thing was that they actually showed up. Yeah. That was the most amazing thing. Uh, but, but it was really fabulous. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> okay, on that note, let's take a break. So we have, uh, we have more tasting to do. I see a bottle of something there, although I can't see the name of it from where I sit. Oh, a little wild turkey decades. decades. I'll there's let a, you uh, elaborate. There's a really, it's a, it's a great whiskey, but the, the has a great story behind it. All right, I'll let you elaborate when we uh, come back. It's Smoking and Toast, and it's show number 157. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting, show number 157. We are brought to you by uh, B&B Restaurant, uh, B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. Don't forget about BB Lemon, which is across the street from the Houston uh, location where they have a great menu. They have great cocktails and uh, some, pretty, uh, some pretty nice whiskey available oh, yeah. over there as well. Yeah. Speaking of whiskey, um, our, our host uh, for the afternoon, uh, Mr. Alan Denny has poured us something from his whiskey cabinet. Uh, tell us about it, Alan. So I pulled out the Master's Keep from Wild Turkey, the Wild Turkey Decades. And so it's it's just a great, I'm going to use a word that Wade hates. It's a great smooth bourbon. No, it's it's great. Um, was that for it, Wade? Huh, yeah, that was for Wade. Smooth. Um, we love to make fun of people that, we'll just, as y'all well know. We'll say smooth. Yeah. How about smooth? We'll call smooth. it smooth. It's smooth. So no. So this this particular bottle has, and I've got a couple of these at home, but this particular bottle. So on HBS, well over a year ago, I guess somebody posted Houston Bourbon Society. Houston Bourbon Society. For those who don't know what HBS is, um, somebody had posted that they were in Beaumont and at a liquor store. And they picked up a bottle of this, and I, I can't remember exactly, but it was marked at like forty nine ninety nine, or or maybe it was even fifty nine ninety nine. And you got in the car immediately. No, oh, come on. So yeah. so here's the thing, it's normal. I can't remember what the number is, but let's say that whiskey is normally one hundred and fifty five dollars. 
160 it's somewhere in that price range and they had marked it down to like 49 but it was supposed to be marked to 149 oh. like like a five dollar price drop and yeah. they left the one Decimal off points. of the and so excuse I, me can i buy all of those so i called cam friend of the show he's been on before he's commenting earlier, uh-huh. i called cam and said where are you at and he's like we're at his stepdaughter's softball game or something. And I was like, do you know such and such liquor? He goes, yeah, it's just around the street. Okay, get in your car, leave the softball game, whatever you're doing, go buy all of this. And he did. He went and cleared. There weren't very many bottles. There were only a couple bottles. But he went and cleared the shelves for us and, and bought what was there. So it became a very, very nice bottle for a much reasonable price. Yeah, very yeah. reasonable. Yeah. yeah. So Car- career, new career opportunity at this uh, particular liquor store, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Somebody yeah. got laid. Somebody got fired on that one. So I want to point out on this, uh, you, you said the word smooth. This actually has such an interesting uh, uh, way it hits the palate. Like the first thing it is is velvety. Yes. Like, it is velvety right across the palate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's straight caramel, then, caramel, caramel. And then the moment you swallow, you get a little bit of that bite, and then that caramel just rolls. Like, that whole whiskey hug is caramel coming right back yeah. at yeah. you and just rolls around in your mouth as an aftertaste. And it leaves... It's toffee almost, too. Uh, mm-hmm. It leaves so much of that on the flavor this goes great with i think probably any cigar yeah easy to uh to think of it being worth it at the normal price yeah uh (laughs) if if you if you get the allen denny special rate it's even more Cruz, what did you uh light up for this uh Uh, i lit up this is one i found in the humidor here at uh, uh the galveston island cigar lounge and i've never had one of these before so i'm very curious about how this will smoke this is the placencia 146, does that say reserve? Yeah, 146 reserve. Yeah, it's a 146 reserve, reserve Toro. Uh, it's a beautiful-looking cigar. And, of course, Placencia, one of the things people, you have to understand about Placencia is that so many of the different cigars you smoke have Placencia tobacco in them. They are one of the major tobacco growers uh, f- that supply all kinds of different uh, tobacco makers who are working on blends and stuff. And, of course, they have their own line. And so far... Uh, this is wonderful, but I'm just barely in. We, I, I can't even run down. We, we don't have all day. But I would venture to say 95% of the manufacturers in existence use Placencia Some tobacco. Placencia tobacco, yeah. yeah. I have never been let down by a Placencia cigar, I will tell you that. I went super classic today. Uh, started off with that uh, That's a Fuente Reserva, and now I went to the uh, Perdomo 20th anniversary. So I'm a little bit on the lighter side than I normally am today. But... Super classic cigars, and I expect this to be out, outstanding all the way. Through. Well, this one is smoking so far uh, lighter than the uh, last call, uh, but it's got a lot of flavor to it. It's it's very toasty. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop short of saying toasty McToast face, but it's 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 <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's a bit on the toast. I side. would say though that the uh, the last call is a dedicated medium mm-hmm. on the on the flavor profile on that. It's definitely. Agree. I can't wait <clears throat> talk since we're talking about AJ. And I'm out. My cigar's out, and I didn't grab another one during the last segment. I was getting cups. But uh, I can't wait for you to smoke your A. Chapman 185th. Okay, so let's talk about that cigar. And I will definitely take pictures and talk about it on the show when I smoke it. But my birthday was last week. 
I got lots of happy birthday wonderful, thank to you. you. Got lots happy of wonderful birthday gifts from you. the kids and happy the uh, birthday, really dear Cruz. <laughs> happy birthday to you. Yeah, I think you. we owe Warner ten thousand dollars for that. By the I, way, I believe because oh, <laughs> they actually trademark, uh, well, copyrighted it. So. I would think that would be in the public domain by mm-hmm. now. Mm-mm. That's why a lot of restaurants stop doing. They, you know, they do the some restaurants do like a weird rendition. Of yes, because they get sued. Wow! Yeah, amazing, amazing. Well, we'll see how much attention they're paying to smoking and toasting, won't we? Um, but uh, and for something completely different. Yeah. <laughs> so we've always said, you know what? One of the things that would tell us we've made it. It's that cease and desist from Anheuser Busch. Oh, Same yeah. thing for you guys, it's right? Gotta be, it's you gotta, it's gotta you be. It's got to be. You're being Whit, Myers got the cease and desist from yeah. Maker's Mark. I mean, yeah, there you that's go. when. That's Listen, when. That's when I, you I, know. I think the only reason we haven't gotten one from AB yet is because they know that we know too much. That's right. right so, but we did get one about our name. Well, we did. So does that legitimize us? We yeah, have to change wait, our name. Yeah, I want to hear this story because I haven't heard that before. So the original name of Smoking and Toasting was not smoking and toasting. It was, in all honesty, not nearly as good a name as smoking and toasting. But the original name of the show, if you go back to like the first, I don't know, 20, 30 episodes, uh, it was called Sip, Smoke, and Savor. Uh, Doug Harris, actually, right. was the guy yeah. that came up with that name. Uh, and we couldn't think of anything better at the time. So we said, okay, that's fine. And then we got notified partway in um, right before Christmas, by the yes. way. Happy Christmas. Got oh, notified Christmas. by some outfit from California that apparently delivers strawberries and cigars. I don't something know. Something about chocolate. Some nonsense place that had nothing to do with what we did. Like, do. it was even, you go to their website and it was confusing. You had no mm-hmm. idea what they did. Mm-hmm. It was like, I'm not sure they know what they did. Right. But what they did do is contact us. So I, I put our attorney on it. We do have an attorney. Okay, hold on. Can I, can I put a little side here? Yes. I read the email when it came in. Yeah. Okay, and I forwarded it to them. And uh, the email was written in such... Actually, like, it wasn't even an email. They contacted us on Facebook. It was so... Oh, my it goodness. Was so Facebook message. It was Facebook? so unofficial. <laughs> totally yeah. legal. Well, exactly. Well, and that's what I said to the attorney. Super like, legit. So, so wait a minute. Legit. On Facebook. But I want to address the tone of it. Which started off, and you can hear the way they talked, like right through the email. Um, and it, I'm paraphrasing, but it was real similar to this. It's nice that you guys have a hobby. Yes, it actually said that. It actually said that. Oh, wow. But those of us with legitimate businesses, and, like, and it just went on from there. And I was like... Oh, oh, how yeah. long does that nose that they were looking down? And let me point out, too, <laughs> that for those who may think this is a hobby, that's bullshit. We make tens of dollars a year off this show. Tens of dollars. Tens. Right. Tens of dollars. Tens so of Sometimes twelves of dollars. Sometimes twelves. <laughs> when are y'all going to get to twenties? Sometimes so we just get swag. I was, I was, you know, beside myself because it was such an arrogant note. Oh, it was so bad. Yeah. It was so uh, arrogant. So, uh, so I forwarded to our attorney, and he has some conversations with him. Fortunately, he does that, so I don't have to, because I'll start saying things that are, you know, not repeatable yes, and polite yes, company. Is. And uh, he's much more tactful than I am, at least when he's doing business. Perhaps not when he's drinking whiskey, but that's a different, different story. Uh, but anyway, bottom line is he contacted me and go, look, they're not going to go away. 
you you probably your best bet is to rename the show. And I was livid. I was livid. In fact, it led to the only episode of the show that never got posted. Never got aired. Because our old producer, Bobby, unbeknownst to us, we do the whole show and he never posted it. This is before we were live on Facebook. So we didn't go out live. We'd record it and then we'd post it. Yeah, I find out several weeks later. The show never got posted. Yeah, you, you know how we found out is I go, hey, you know, my brother listens to my show, uh, and he says he never got a show on that week. He said it never showed up. Oh, yeah, yeah, I didn't post it. And that's literally yeah. what he said to us. Yeah. Do, y'all, do y'all have the recording of that show? No, no. I don't have it anywhere. Well, it's interesting you say that. I will have to go back and look because I don't think – we've always just referred to it as the lost episode. Oh, I want to well, hear it. Well, at some yeah. point, there should be a found episode. Well, right? yeah. I mean, according to like, our, what, what happened? According I'm to here our, thinking, what yeah. happened that week? Well, according to our, and I want to emphasize this word, former producer, um, I, I was just too bitter. You that were very should bitter. be the lost episode. Should be episode two hundred one because it's going to take you two weeks to recover, to recover from, from number two hundred. <laughs> I like that idea. In any not case, not a bad idea. Uh, as as with so many things, it turned out to have a wonderful silver lining because as we were trying to figure out what the hell we were going to call the show, Ian, who I mentioned earlier, is great with naming things, came up with smoking and toasting. I was like, I like that so much better. So we've been smoking and toasting ever since. But yes, there is a lost episode out there somewhere, and we'll we'll have to find it. That was, I, I just. It blew my mind that he got to decide that, yeah, uh, that was... and maybe I was too bitter. I, I'm not saying he was. Oh, wrong. you were bitter. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear this. Oh my <laughs> gosh, I, I want to hear this. We're sitting here. We're like, See, I find the episode. Okay, all right, find all right. The I promise you, I will look and see. I wish I could remember what number it was. I think I can go back and and figure it out because we never did another one. It would have been in the forties. That's what I'm thinking. Forties or fifties? Because yeah. I think our first Facebook Live was fifty. 50 or 51, yeah. maybe, or maybe late it, 40s, it, it but it was, was in that area. It was definitely before then. So, All right, you have my word. I will go back and try uh, to find it. But, well, I like your yeah. new name better anyway. We, we do, too. Uh, we do, too. I think it's a better name, and, and it has worked out well for us. The logo is better and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, and yes, we did have to pay for a new logo. I did have to put a plug in here real quick here. I'm not a smoker, but enjoying that whiskey with just the general smell. With general, the, yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. This is yeah. delicious. <laughs> well, just really tasty. Um, One so, thing, I'm going to use a shameless plug for just a second because Ian has been here at the shop when this shop has at capacity. Everybody's smoking. Love that. We don't even have this one on, and that one and that one are on low. We made sure that the air quality in the shop, and here's the reason. So a lot of guys will come in, or ladies, with their spouse that doesn't smoke. Right. And we don't want the wives to walk in and go, oh, no, I don't think so. No, no, this, right, is, right, this right. is way too much. If, if they're completely against smoking, they can't always go and partake in our, in our deck. But we've had the wives come in here and sit and chill out. Uh, Duncan, uh, Duncan's... Uh, Stephanie. Stephanie has been in here. Does she, I don't think she smokes, does she? No. No. And she She's sat and time. chilled and relaxed and love it. Yeah. Yeah. It smells delicious. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll attest to that. So, I mean, we're sitting here and when, even when all three, neither of us felt like we're like getting mm-hmm. smoked out. Right. I mean, and you guys are not cigar good, smokers. So you yeah. know, yeah, it just, mm-hmm. it's a, it, it's been 
where you get the aroma of the smoke, but it's not it's but not like a smoky shop. You've I, also I foolproofed it because if you're sitting in here, and even if you're a little sensitive uh, to smoke, if you're because uh, it doesn't get too smoky. I came for the. Uh, uh, the bourbon barrel of barrel tasting Friday night. Uh, bourbon barrel tasting Friday night that was up here and um, and this place was pretty full. I mean, and everybody was smoking cigars, and it wasn't bad in here. But if you're particularly sensitive, you just that patio is gorgeous. Oh, like you no, just walk out on the so patio, nice. and it's uh, a great place. If to you've go. not been on their patio, you must come here and just go stand on their patio. That is like. Heaven on earth. It is amazing. Do what? Oh, sunset's right so over the, here. So you're oh, looking at it. Oh, the yeah. sunset. You're uh, looking at beautiful. it. So this is Offutt's Bayou. This is where they dredged all the dirt and the sand to raise the island and build the seawall after the hurricane in 1900. But directly across the bayou from us are some, I, I'm going to assume, million-dollar homes over there if you look at them. But there's a couple of houses, and then there's this row of trees, and then some more houses start. The sunset's directly into the trees i mean it goes down directly it is the most beautiful now i bet that's picturesque it is is. now if it's not cloudy it's blinding until it gets right (laughs) to the tree level it literally i mean to sit in the uh in the chair that tiffany's in that sun hits the water reflects through Mm -hmm. and it's blinding to sit in that chair yeah, but I, I bet you after the sun, right after it goes down, and as the stars start to come out, and all Perfect. the, uh, oh my God, it's going to be gorgeous yeah. around there, yeah. yeah. As, soon as, as soon as the sun touches the horizon and starts to get a little yeah. bit dinner, it's just amazing out there. Oh. Can, t- can you smoke at the at fetching lab at the brewery? Outside. On the outside, outside yeah, outside, okay. yeah. Well, we have a big yard area with picnic tables and stuff, so fairly lo- it's just all full open. Put your tiny little patio to shame, totally. I would, <laughs> I I would yeah, love. Yeah, the perfect view of the um, the, the refineries is great. <laughs> you can't beat it. And 7th Street. <laughs> hey, those, uh, those blue flames that are going up, they're, they're just so gorgeous. Yeah. Think of them as really big candles. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. very big candles. Yeah. Uh, Ian, talk to me about this, uh, this whiskey. Oh, I love this whiskey. This whiskey is so good from uh, Tail to Toe. What I'd love to do is see how it pairs with that. And that uh, you are pointing at is, I think you said this. No, this oh, one. Oh, that one. Oh, yeah. We're saving that one last. That gotcha. Well, save a little that, of your that's whiskey. That's the one we build up to. He's, I'll be patient. He's, yeah. He's probably got nothing but water in that, so he's like, all right, now y'all can sober up. <laughs> <laughs> I heard you had to drive tonight. It's actual coffee. <laughs> Actually, you know what? So me and my wife decided. She well, I say me and my wife decided. My wife decided. That we're actually staying here tonight, so we're gonna hang Smart out. Man. We're gonna hang out here in. Uh, He's Galveston. pouring motor oil into cups. I love it. I love that already. I'm so excited. Oh, I'm, that, I'm, I, this I've is, had this. Is I've the had one this you've one. Had. So that's yes. where I first got introduced to y'all when I was at the HEB, and he was in there giving samples. So and we, I fell in love with it. So we had the fluffy, but this one is. This is bounded determined. It is a chocolate vanilla chili pepper stout. That's it is a also lot. my recipe. Um, that uh, it's called Bound and Determined because I was bound and determined to beat him in a competition. His um, and oh, and I stomped him, I stomped him, and uh, and it became one of our beers. So his his uh, beer that he did for that competition has not ever come Thank back you. out. <laughs> <laughs> it, got, so, it got deleted. It so you got, you got the bragging rights on I it. have bragging rights. That's why it's called Bound and Determined. All right. So I just love when these heavier, darker beers come around. 
I just love watching Ian's process <laughs> as he uh, yes. as he takes in the nose and takes that first sip. Wow, it smells the, good. Um, the pepper in here is so nice. It's a I'm, New Mexico red or hatch red uh, chili. Hatch red chili, so. yeah. You know, it's, it's funny because as I love spicy food. I love – you almost – this is not a challenge to everybody, but you almost can't make it too spicy for me. My brothers can outspice me, but I love spicy, and the more spicy, usually the better. I don't like that in my drinks, and this has the flavor without the spice sticking in the back of your throat when you drink it. This is very, very nice. Yeah. So we have a saying at our brewery, okay? <clears throat> if I can sell you one beer, I'm going broke. I need to sell you beer after beer after beer. So I could make these beers that are totally over the top, just bombshells. And, and I use this it with all due respect. Uh, Dogfish Head 90-Minute IPA. Mm-hmm. That is the most uh, – you know, the 120, the 90-Minute, yeah. either one of those it's an amazing fantastic beer. beers. Whatever. Absolutely. But I you're only going to have one. one. Yeah. And at my size, I can't afford that. So what we say, subtlety is very important to us. We want you – the beer should stand on its own. Any flavors, any adjuncts you use in that afterwards should enhance the beer, not the other way around. I enjoy um, uh, an occasional ice-cold Dos Equis. Yeah. Uh, Dos Equis recently came out with something. I was so excited when I saw it. I bought a six-pack and brought it home. It was their Mexican mm-hmm. pale ale. It is the most horrible beer that oh, I've no. had in forever. No. Because what they did, I guess, to make it a Mexican pale ale is they took a, a pale ale and they just infused it with this really super sharp uh, pepper. I, I don't know what pepper it is, but it's horrible. Oh. It completely ruins the beer. Oh, hold on. Well, they probably just threw some like, green I get pepper. what you're I saying, but I want to back up for a second. Yeah. You enjoy a Dos Equis? Occasionally. <laughs> ice cold. Ice cold, right? Well, you know You're why you have to have it ice, ice cold? Right. I like because, water sometimes, too. Because of the off flavors, okay. right? right? Listen. Listen, when I'm at someone's house or event or party, and I'm looking in the cooler, and I go, okay, Bud Light, oh. Michelob Ultra. Oh, thank God, Dos Equis. That's I'll when give I, you the, that's when when, I enjoy when, my Dos Equis. When your choices are limited right. Right. to right. certain ones, Dos exactly. Equis so, is the one. Exactly. But you know why ice cold? Because it masks the flavor. Cold <laughs> yeah. suppresses cold masks flavor. all those off flavors. Yep. Well, yeah. I, yeah. I got to tell you, you can't get this Mexican pale ale cold enough to mask <laughs> the horror. This just sounds disgusting. That it, it, it's, it's really, a- I, didn't, I didn't know it had a pepper flavor when I bought it. I, I said, oh, they've tried a, a sort of a Mexican twist on a pale ale. This, this could be fun. Usually, this could be the best Dos Equis ever. It's not. not. Usually yeah. when you get like Mexican pale ales, you get something with like key limes or something. Right. Or, you know, they, That's they're, kind they of what I was expecting. They don't usually do the, right. the pepper. They usually right, right. go yeah. more the lime route, the fruit but route. Right? The reason I brought that up is that this is the complete opposite experience. The pepper really enhances this. Um, I Interesting uh, that this was more carbonated than I expected. But that also works great with the whole sort of tingliness of the pepper on the tongue and makes it really, really work. And I like this a lot. I, I want to point out that uh, in my um, beer drinking endeavors, no limes or salt are ever harmed. Yes. And nor do I feel like I ever should. And that's important for tequila as well. This 
This is really nice to drink. I know we got off on a, a tangent. This is really nice to drink because the pepper flavor is there. But again, it doesn't stick in the back of your throat. There was a um, no-label made one con- called uh, Don Jalapeno. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Don Jalapeno was very jalapeno. Yes, and, very. And for what it is... Great for cooking. Great okay, for so it's funny because I tried a bottle of it. And I got about a third of the way through, and I was like, I can't do this. The jalapeno is just sticking so bad in the back of my mm-hmm. throat, and I'm just mm-hmm. not enjoying it. Well, we ended up, uh, me and my wife ended up making brats the next night. And I will tell you, best. that, that oh, makes be perfect. Best. amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. It was great for that. And, and the, the interesting thing about with No Label Don Jalapeno, it's everyone is, they love it or hate it. There's no in yeah, between. If you love it or hate it. It's very polarizing. You know, and, uh, you know, for me, I love the flavor, but I, I just couldn't do the spice. It was just too hot. It was yeah. it. It burned my it burned me, me a little too much. But I love I love jalapeno. I just don't love know if I want it in my beer. Yep, yep, yep. Just so plug number two there. Uh, the one that we're releasing today is a re-release of one that we did a while back called Slow Burn, and it mm-hmm. is a mango habanero. And it's not like burn your face off. It's, it's like we call it slow burn because you take a sip and you're like, oh, there's no pepper. Uh, so, oh, oh, there, there it is. is. Yeah. 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 And then it goes. Oh, wait, wait. There it goes. So it just kind of yeah. comes up there and it just kind of burns a little bit and then goes away. Yeah. And it's beautiful. Yeah. Love it. And the mango also gives it a little bit of sweetness. Gives yeah. a little sweetness. Which keeps that pepper from being too overwhelming. Yeah. Yes. And I do, yeah. wa- I do want to give kudos to, to uh, No Label because I don't want to bash them no, because no, they no, make no, a no, bunch no, of great wonderful. beers. They're wonderful. Yes, they do. They're, they're El Jefe and, I mean, they make yeah. a bunch of great beers. Um, but, we, uh, but that particular one just... It worked great for brats. Right. When we first opened up, um, we went around and we visited a lot of breweries. And they were one of the first. They were the second one to actually, to actually sit down and actually talk to us. And they were That's very awesome. kind. And they gave, us, they gave us a lot of support and information and stuff. We, we love them to bit. So, yeah. No label? Yeah. yeah absolutely. So nice. Yeah. Don Jalapeno is just the only, is the only beer that they have that, to me, I think is it's, it's a polarizing beer. Because either you like spice or you don't in your beer. Listen, right? an almost yeah. every brewery. Uh, that I love oh. their beers. There will oh. usually be one that I'm not crazy about. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, for me, and I know a lot of people love this beer, but St. Arnold, which I think is a wonderful brewery. Excellent. But I, I can't drink lawnmower. Like, some people love it. It just, it just doesn't appeal to my palate. But I love that they have it because they're constantly trying, you know, new and different things. And, and there's plenty of their other beers that I like and can enjoy. So. so we have a great saying within our brewery, and I'm sure it probably works within, within cigars, honestly, is don't apologize for your taste in beer, right. but try new things. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and the, you know, substitute the word beer for anything, you know, like cigars or, or really anything in your life. But well, it's don't apologize because we'll never get offended if you don't like every single beer in our, you know, on our tap. But I bet you've got but one that I will. But as long as I have yeah. one, as long as I can find one, I'm happy. I think, I think one yeah. of the reasons this works really well is because you love so much of the hoppy beers. Mm-hmm. Like you're way more tuned to that, and I am way not. And it's interesting to see, like even your uh, IPA here, not my favorite on the palate, but you really like that. Mm-hmm. And it's all about palates, w- yeah. what you like, what That's you right. don't like. Someone's, you know, someone's palate's so, Take what I say subjectively. If what I describe is something you actually like and that I don't, that's fine. So, so, so the next question then are there is, do we crack the last bottle now or wait to the next section? Let, let's hold that for the next <laughs> segment, which we're going to get to in a moment. But I'll just say um, one of the things about that on the show is that I love trying to come up with IPAs that I can bring in that you will like. And conversely, he loves bringing beer in that has chunks in it 
that I might like. Chewy sort of beer things. Yeah, oh, yeah, I yep, yep. I got you. Yeah, real, I was going to have a little real, bit. Real quick. It's got a little, yeah. Real quick. I see, I don't have a problem with that at all. Yeah. 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 Real quick before we close we'll out this. Uh, we neither does he, apparently. Uh, real quick before we close out this segment. We're talking about <coughs> apologizing, which brings me back to um, uh, AB InBev. Um, as, a, as a football fan, and I watch the NFL games, there's no way to zip through the commercials, uh, which I try to do on – Pretty much everything I watch, but unless you're recording the game and, you know, uh, yeah, that doesn't go over it, well. Yeah. Uh, you you got to sit through the commercials. So I'm always subjected to the Bud Light commercials. A couple of seasons ago, they began insulting craft beer fans with their dilly dilly campaign, which we've talked about a lot. Well, they on first did straight the up peach. Holy it, was the, it was the pumpkin peach or something yeah, was the first one. And then they went yeah, dilly yeah. dilly, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. so we've talked about this a lot on the, like, if they're buying craft breweries, why are they insulting the uh, people that they're, that they're going to be reaching out to? What is so interesting to me is that campaign still exists. They don't say dilly dilly anymore, but they've turned this king character in the commercials who is supposed to be the all wise don't drink that crazy mead and you know crazy craft beer stuff drink what everybody loves but like he's supposed to be this pillar of wisdom as this series of commercials has evolved they've turned him into just an idiot he's the guy he's the guy who can't find the turret where the party is at a castle that has two turrets. Like, he's just this bumbling fool. And oh. I'm trying to figure out, what kind of marketing is that? Where are they going with that? Why would marketing? that make you want to drink anybody's That's marketing beer? for the many. I, I don't but even I think don't the know. many get I don't know. it. Like, there's, there's a certain point when you say, when you, when you start associating a bumbling fool with a certain product and someone's like, I don't want to be a bumbling fool, right? Yeah, you I mean, know, yeah, there's well, this year they're this year they're trying to feature the Bud Light Platinum, which I guess is a higher A B V Yeah. <laughs> I hope the camera, oh, no. I hope the oh, camera no. caught I hope that, that because that, that was have great. you have you ever tried that stuff? I'm gonna come oh, back yeah. and watch Gross. this. Just so, so I want you to take Bud Light and then Gross. add Add a shot of Everclear to it because that's kind of what it tastes wow. like. It's oh, not no. good. Well, that's what they're pushing this time. And so he's trying to get to the party where the Bud Light Platinum is, and they go to this castle uh, after, after by the way, insulting the Bud Light Knight, who they spent last year making into this character in the whole. Yeah. Obviously, I'm paying yeah, way too much attention to these things. Last year was the all about right. the night. But, but I'm fascinated. Now, they, now they're like sneaking out on the night. So they can go drink Bud Light Platinum at this party, but it's at a castle with two turrets, and they can't find the right one. And there's two, like, and he's just a bumbling idiot in the commercial. Be careful, though. If Bud Light Platinum has flavor, then you're going to end up in the Dungeon of Despair or whatever well, they call it, yeah, the Pit yeah. of Misery or whatever. Right, they call right. It. Wait, the Dungeon of Despair was the Princess Bride. That was Princess, yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which was much more entertaining. Way Way more more entertaining. entertaining. (laughs) All right, I tell you what, let's take a quick break. We're going to come back. We have uh, one more beer to try, I believe, and we're still nursing this uh, this whiskey. Well, you are. (laughs) I say we. I'm trying to save mine for the royal. The royal we. Uh, It's smoking and toasting. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Smoking and Toasting. Go ahead, Alan. A lot of people probably don't understand how grocery stores work. Right. And the fact of Bud Light or or InBev pays a shit ton of money to have 
all that shelf space. Right. Because I remember when they bought Carbach. I'll take Randall's, for example. Mm-hmm. Randall's used to have a really great um, craft beer selection. And I could find some really great yes. craft beer, especially some stuff from uh, Buffalo Bayou and some mm-hmm. of the other locals. Yes. And when they bought Carbach, Carbach is now in all of those spots. Well, so here, if Fetching it's part Lab... part of their strategy. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. If Fetching Lab had $500 million to throw around, they went to Randall's and said, hey, we want 17 facings for all our beers. Randall's would be like, well, it's going to cost this. And they're like, all right, here you go. Now we've got mm, Fetching that's Lab illegal. across the... We, well, they, they can't... Yeah, they're, they're uh, not allowed to pay for spacing. <laughs> sure they're right. not. Yeah, right. Sure yeah. they're not. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and I yeah. bet they don't. Wink, wink. Right. Well, yeah. Wheatley vodka is all. Oh, I can't say that. And right. and break my stride by Math. And break my me, stride by Matthew Wilder so, was an actual hit. It wasn't at, payola. And yeah. my H E B because I have an H E B right by my house, and uh, my H E B has not been modernized. It's not like uh, a lot of the my H E B is somewhere between H E B and Fiesta right now. Uh, but they're modern. That's what that's what my HEB right, right. is. So um, when you walk down H-E-B. there, like it used to be that they had just a couple. Uh, they had a couple uh, uh, doors worth, you know, because it's a row of all those coolers. They had a couple doors worth of craft beer, and then everything else was the macro brew. Then I walk in there one day, and it is literally like four doors of Bud Light. And it's Bud Light from top to bottom. I'm sorry, uh, Miller Light from top to bottom all the way down. And then seven doors. I remember counting it because it appalled me walking by seven doors of Bud Light, solid Bud Light, nothing else, just that. And then, in the middle of it, in the very middle of all of it, is Carbach Crawford Bach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I get down to finally, now I've walked past, keep in mind, you've got four doors of individual beers that aren't very good. Then you've got five doors of Miller Light. Then you've got seven doors of Bud Light with Crawford Bach in the middle of it, which leaves very little space for anything craft. And then the whole craft beer section is two doors, and two-thirds of it is taken up with Carbot. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's, typically, if you go to a, to a uh, grocery store, and you go to the beer aisle with the, where the refrigerator thing is, and you look dead center, look dead center at there, okay, and just stare at that center... Everything within your peripheral vision is owned by Budweiser. No matter what the color yep, right, of the can is, right. no matter, it's all owned by Budweiser. Yep. Yeah, you're absolutely well, right. And, and so one of the things that the big beer companies do is um, they change the, the packaging of their products, right? So well, did you, you notice have, that they put ingredients the, labels? Uh, bottles and, you know, 12 ounce bottles, 24 ounce bottles, white uh, kind, blue the cans, whatever. The can stands up, the whatever. Well, it becomes a new skew. And so yeah. then the now it must be something else. So now they have all these new skews. And it's, it's all an attempt, all this packaging differences. Whether it be a, a metal bottle, a glass bottle, a can, a, a, a 12 ounce can, a 16 ounce can, a this or that, you know, 24 ounce, 12 ounce, 32, 64, 99 I, pack, I don't know. But it's, it's all a matter of taking up shelf space. I hope you're not going to disparage the turbo swirly neck bottle because. <laughs> I that, don't even know what that is. That was you a, never saw that no, was a, saw that? The, the vortex bottle. The vortex, That's what it was called. The vortex bottle. Oh, they should have called joke. it the turbo swirly neck bottle. That would have actually <laughs> been cooler. 
<laughs> yeah, it would have been cool. Guess I never saw that one. Yeah. Okay, oh, so yeah. no, no. Okay, so we laugh about these campaigns because they quit selling their beer. They just sell the packaging now. Right. So that's why you have the cold activated can, the early warning system, as I like to call it, because if the mountains aren't blue. Oh, buddy, you don't want any part of that. <laughs> but, like, the uh, Bud Light, ha- no, Miller Light, Miller Light the, yeah. the they Vortex the- bottle. Yeah. Now, keep in mind, this was not a long neck bottle. This was a, a short bottle that had the, uh, what do they call it, striating they, it? They were like, yeah, oh, it's like it grooves. Yeah. 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 Oh, so to make it drink yeah, smoother, yeah. as if oh, no. two inches of a vortex bottle going down to this into your mouth is actually well, going to change. Don't let Teresa respond to that and, answer. And here's the other thing: it didn't work. I had one. It poured straight out. It didn't even work. This vortex. That's like amazing. Yeah, well, uh, unbelievable. What you needed to do was swirl it. Yeah. Well, if I'd swirled it while I was pouring, <laughs> you're right. We might have might have come up with something else. I'm but kidding. but I will say it's it's, it's laughable. It's so I, ridiculous that people actually go for that too. I will well, say it, it is marketing. It's all marketing. Yes. I don't do this necessarily at the grocery store because um, it's kind of hard for the message to get to the right person. But I will do it at restaurants. If I go to a restaurant, fairly nice place where you're going to spend some money on dinner and I ask to see their beer menu and it's all like AB and and Carbock, I will make a point in going do you have any craft beer? And they'll go, oh, yeah, we have the, uh, yes, but do you have any craft Craft beer? beer. Because I I feel like I want, what I want is I want whoever is responsible for figuring out what they're going to stock, I want them to hear that customers are asking for something. And listen. not ABM. Well, no, that's that's great. I'm glad you do that. Carbock makes some good beers. I, I I don't really have a beef with Carbock. But as an IPA guy, I'm not a big fan of Hopadillo. And if yeah. that is your representative well, IPA, I'm, I'm so, a little you're, bummed. So you're phoning what, it so in. What right, you, right, exactly. What, what you may not know is that, you know, I mean, as, as a, a, an independent craft brewery, when you ask for a certain brand or a certain beer, that helps. That helps. Absolutely. Because... We go out there, and whether you have a distributor or not, so you know, if you have a distributor, you usually have a brand ambassador that's going out, mm-hmm. and they're going to these bars and restaurants, mm-hmm. and they're saying, hey, would you like to carry our brand, right. right? And if they've never heard of us, then they're like, well, probably not, because right. I've got all this I've other got things, all right? I've beers, got yeah. all these other relationships with these, uh, you know, sure. with these other brands that I want to do. But um, so... When you go and you say, hey, I want, I want Fetching Lab. Do you have Fetching Lab Brutal Summer, right? Then when we come in and we say, hey, we're Fetching Lab, they're right. like, we've been waiting for you. Oh, because yeah, that I've exactly yeah. happened when People we first started to distribute. That's People great. had been out to our brewery. They had started going they're to looking for the it. different yeah. bars and restaurants Love around that. Clear Lake. Here's- and we walked in and they're like, Thank God you oh, got I'm here. So what glad you took came. you yeah. so long, right? Exactly. Where have so, you been? Exactly. Here's, a, yeah. here's another thing you should also look for, okay? Um, Budweiser kept buying up all of these uh, small craft breweries, and they were putting them out. We called them crafty beers. Crafty beers. Because they're owned by them. So, and I'll show it to the camera however you want there. Okay. So the American Craft Brewers came up with that, yes. this particular thing. It's an upside-down bottle. It's independent, and, and, right. and you cannot have that on your, your packaging. So if right. you're truly looking for an, a, a non-Budweiser beer, 
look for that, that little uh, symbol right there because right. That, that's the one that actually uh, is important. Right. Only independent craft right. is allowed, allowed to use that. To use that. Absolutely. And you have we, to sign legal paperwork even to use that. I will go, says, if yeah. I go to a restaurant and I look at the beer menu and there's a beer on there I've never heard of, that's the one yeah. I order. And I do that specifically mm -hmm. for that reason because I was like, you know what? And, you know, maybe I'll like it. Maybe I'll, you know, won't. But I will definitely order one. Absolutely. So that I can try. So speak of things you would like. All right, things, things here like is our our current gun. our current big gun. This is the Bounded Midnight. This is the the beer that we had a minute ago. Mm -hmm. the, the the Bounded Determined, as well as our Midnight Watch Porter, both um, independently barrel aged in Garrison Brother whiskey barrels for six months oh, and then baby. blended together. So smell this beer. I think it's got one of those best whiskey. To, the, the Snifter is the best one to have these in. But the uh, whiskey. Nose, uh, the whiskey nose on this mm -hmm. is actually quite big. The yeah. interesting thing, when you take a sip, you don't expect it, but you get that little bit of pepper in there. Mm -hmm. the, uh, just yep. a little bit of that pepper flavor that in the there. A hint of it. And then you have a little sweetness that the other one didn't have. Yes. Well. And, yeah. and, and the Garrison Brothers really brings out the vanilla. We're, we're playing. Uh. <laughs> Somehow, Alan has wound up with the wireless mic. I, we're playing I, musical we, chair mic. I know mics, it's causing right? Ian great distress right about now. <laughs> He's so upset. Because didn't I do this at the on the boat? You did. <laughs> you did. <laughs> I, I apologize for leaving. Uh, one of our one of our my, one of my absolute favorite reps in this industry, Jenny Lynn Hunter, just walked in, well, who has been on the show. Yes. And, uh, yeah, so see, now I can talk wonderful about whoever I want. I don't have right. to be politically correct anymore. Right. <laughs> I do what I want. I do what I want. I like it. I you, like it. you go away. You well, go. You Alan's do what back, you want. I think this is the end of the show. I think it is. So thank Bye, you for listening. <laughs> uh, no, it was you know, great talking to everybody. You were going to tell us a Chris Hart story. I oh, have been waiting all so show. This is this. so funny. I really is Chris Is Chris on here? Probably not. So Chris has probably when he found out you were on the show, he probably signed off in disgust. It, it wouldn't surprise me if he found out I was on the show. He was driving down here to, to get to on crash, to, yeah. to crash. Well, he's behind a few episodes. Oh, now. he's behind. Who, probably who is four Chris Hart? First, first on. You know. He's this guy nobody cares about. Yes. Um, <clears throat> so we were told that by a uh, uh, by someone doing a review of the show. I've actually read. I don't know how many reviews have been done of the show on iTunes or any of the other places. All I know is I've read about one-third of one review. That's as far as I got. And in that review, we were told, why do they keep talking about these two guys? And it was Alan and Chris. Nobody cares about those guys. Now, because you guys don't know Chris, Chris is uh, partners with him mm. in the uh, Houston Whiskey, Whiskey Social, Social, and they put on yeah. an amazing event every year. Okay. So and we're the for, largest for whiskey while, event in the state of Texas. Yeah. yeah, for a while, and it's the best uh, beverage event, by the way. Absolutely. That you can go to. Well, I'm kind of scared about the whiskey sniff. Y'all are coming on strong. Well, listen, we're we're friends though. That we're 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 think of us as like a sister or a illegitimate cousin. No, y'all are y'all are half sisters. That's for sure. <laughs> y'all ain't nothing like that event that's going on but tonight Chris, that shall not be named. Chris is a wonderful. Uh, Wonderful human being. He's great with, uh, with whiskey. Uh, he's a huge supporter of the whole whiskey. You know, whiskey he's just and passionate about whiskey. Scene. He's very mm -hmm. passionate. And, and you've got to love that about him. He's been on the show a number of times. He's always a great guest, yeah. even though Alan's been on a few times more than him now. Uh, but, uh, Alan, you had a story about Chris. Yeah. So, so Chris he has a show, by the way. Yeah, Chris has a great. show called Whiskey Neat. 
And he has this little comic character called Whiskey Pete. And But Chris, over the last three or four months, has actually been getting some very famous people on his show. Um, he We're started, stuck with Alan Denny. Yeah. But he has famous people. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. But he had, so he had T.J. Miller. Chris is, a, as I am, a big fan of stand-up comedy. And so he has been trying to get comedians on his show. And he has been very successful with that. Um, he had T.J. Miller on, D.L. Hughley, uh, Pops Witherspoon, um, several other. I've got to run through this real quick. And he, uh, he had a bunch of people on. Well, he had Brendan Schaub on. And so there is another podcast Instagrammer out there that it goes by the name of the Whiskey Ginger. I can't remember what the guy's name is. So Brendan Schaub, famous UFC fighter, yeah. famous stand-up comedian. He, uh, he's on Chris's show. Chris went to his stand-up show. Well, Brendan Schaub's publicist or whoever does an Instagram photo and everything and says, Brendan Schaub on an episode of The Whiskey Ginger. And here it is. It's Brendan and Chris Hart with the Whiskey Neat Chris logo has red hair. Back. And they... They're, they look very similar. Bright red beard, reddish blondish hair, and so. You understand Chris, how the mistake got made? Yeah, they look identical. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, of course, with that, they uh, they uh, Chris posted it on Facebook because it had got posted on Instagram, and apparently, some of the whiskey gingers people were berating Chris about either uh, you're trying to look like him, you're trying to do the same stuff this whiskey ginger guy is doing, and that's not at all. Chris is just a fan of whiskey. And he's a fan of stand-up comedy, and his and he his, looks the way he looks. Yeah, his <laughs> his tagline for for the show is uh, "spirited conversation with interesting people." So that's a good one. Yeah, I like it. It's uh, you know these things these things do happen. Oh, you got your mic back. Oh look! Uh, look how quickly he trades that look out. I um, so wireless. <laughs> I, I I do want to uh, just thank uh, Alan for having us here at the. Uh, Galveston Island Cigar Lounge. It's a it's a wonderful place. If you're in Galveston, either visiting or if this is your, you know, stomping grounds, uh, you should definitely come and uh, enjoy a cigar with Alan. Chat with him. He's got this guy has more awesome stories than just about anybody. Oh, I he's know. great about yeah, that. Yeah, and uh, and has some pretty good whiskey too, which he just might share with you. So I want to thank him for yes. allowing us to be here. And I know, by the way, if you are headed to the tap room today. Uh, uh, at at fetching lab, it's going to open a little late because we've <laughs> yeah. we've kept them here uh, on the show. Uh, but guys, thank you so much, not only oh. for being on the show, but also for just your passion for beer. Is it's it's why we get excited about doing this. It's, I just I just want to point out, um, just in a deflection manner, that this show you would have been to work on time if you weren't so damn interesting. Yes. Oh, there you well, go. that's wonderful. That, that's exactly, <laughs> I appreciate that. That's exactly right. Of um, course, we could have kicked him off, oh, you know, an hour ago. Let him get to work on time. Yes. I could have stayed. I'm good. I'm uh, hang out and with you guys. we didn't go into a great deal of detail awesome. about this beer, but uh, but let me just say, this may be my favorite one today. This is, and, yes. and this it's is really just. That's why we really work terrific. up to it. Mm. That's why we work up to it. The uh, Whiskey Barrel Stouts was my favorite genre of beer. And for our very, very first shot across the bow, I am... This was your first one? First one ever. Wow. Absolutely just amazed with this So this is our first one ever. It's called Bound at Midnight because Bound and Determined and Midnight Watch, right? Right, right. Um, And 
our next one, we have um, six barrels of um, our Midnight Watch. We made it an Imperial Porter, so we nice. jumped it up. Took it to 9%. Usually it's 6%. Now we, we jumped it to 9%. And uh, and we've barrel aged it for it's right just over a year. It's a thirteen months right now, and uh, and it's a, it's going to be going into the bright here really soon. So it's going to be releasing pretty pretty quick. And it's oh my goodness, the depth of flavor that the mm. those barrels the it's wow. Garrison Brothers barrels awesome. had been literally emptied. The day before, and those guys just make such terrific yeah, whiskey oh to begin with. Oh my God, it's uh, it, it's just a match made in heaven. It really is. It is. It really is. Well, thank you guys. Give a uh, give another plug for your uh, tap room and the location. All right. Yes, uh, Fetching Lab Brewery and Tap Room down at two two one Sixth Street North, down in Texas City. Uh, open Thursday through Sunday. We're trying to put out a new beer each week. Trivia nights on Thursday. Uh, look forward to seeing y'all. We awesome. we so appreciate you being. On the show, and we oh, just dogs and dog, dog and family. I say dogs and uh, family friendly. Yeah, and and I, and I just want to thank you again for your passion for beer because that's what makes this so fun to do and to talk about. Uh, Ian, anything else as we wrap up? No, uh, buy your tickets for the whiskey sniff. Um, also, remember this will be up on um, this will be up on all the podcast mediums, but uh, also it will be up on YouTube. If you're on YouTube, if you're watching us, or if you missed part of the show. Please don't forget to hit like, hit the bell for notifications, and don't forget to uh, subscribe to the channel. Uh, we're trying to push that, so if you're watching it uh, post, or if you put it on when you get home while you're getting everything else ready and making dinner and stuff like that, you can listen to us. Awesome. Um, Alan, we appreciate you letting us be uh, in your location Shitty here. Mike back. What the hell? <laughs> You're grounded. Think of it that way. I, uh, that's, mm. Yes. Thank you for having us. No, thank yes. you all for coming out. I will I, be back. I appreciate it. Thank you I just wanted to mention uh, to next week's show, uh, our good friend Mark Burrell returns, only this time we're going to his place. We're going to be live out on the back deck at the Rainbow Lodge in oh, Houston. hell yeah. And it's going to be spectacular. Not only will Mark be talking to us about cocktails and wines for the upcoming holiday season, but... The folks from Treaty Oak will be joining oh, us. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh, let's see. Uh, that's going to be so fun. Yeah, yeah. It, that that whole back area, if you haven't been to the Rainbow Lodge, man, it's so gorgeous. Take a date. It's absolutely amazing, beautiful. Amazing. Absolutely beautiful. And they make some really good wild boar and elk. Yes. Oh. Yeah. That, yeah. It's, it's a whole, oh, like, when you go there, it's a whole experience. It's experience. It's, it totally is. Yes. Where is this? Rainbow, Rainbow Lodge, Lodge in Houston. It's on uh, it's Ella. Wonderful. It's on Ella, yeah, just close to, to six ten. Yep, between six ten and ten. Ella nineteenth, yeah. maybe I think something it's, like it's that. that. That's right. We'll uh, we'll give Wonderful. you the full the full address next week, of course. And our friend uh, Mark is probably he's a sommelier there. Probably the most knowledgeable wine guy that I know. Yeah, oh, he's amazing. He's, he's he's really on top of it. So excited about that. Uh, Alan, good luck with uh, this venture. It's a wonderful place. Thank you. And I can uh, already tell that the people that come in here are going to be long time and, and regular customers that's you know we, where we put this shop it's great we have great regular customers that come in here but we also get all the tourist traffic coming into galveston anybody if you're you know there's people going to the strand and and the cruise ships different side of the island but anyone coming to the beach the moody gardens going to the restaurants they got to go right past come in see us 
And yeah. since you have two of these TVs, you could play this episode over and over again on the YouTube channel. You I could. Really could. I really could. We could just have this sh- going live all there the time. Just loop it. I, I like yeah, it. just loop. <laughs> also, you, also, you could probably play that Whiskey Ginger show. Oh, that would be hilarious. <laughs> Sorry, Chris. If only, if only you had a lost episode of the show you could play. That's Man. right. Man. Yeah. Uh, we could debut it here. Well, yeah. We could have Fetching Lab come out. Oh, we, we could come and beer cater. Have you ever seen what Have you ever seen what cuss words look like when they're transcribed? You know, it's just the symbols. That's like that's that what the swearing. subtitles would look like the I entire time. Didn't do that time. much swearing, did I? <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Man, I, we don't know. Folks, have a <laughs> <it's lost. laughs> That's true, it's lost. Folks, have a wonderful week. Thank you so much for enjoying Smoking and Toast and thanks to B&B Butchers. Buy your tickets for the Whiskey Sniff on Eventbrite, uh, Placentia 146, Rocks the Planet. This is awesome. And uh, have a wonderful, wonderful week. And, of course, to all of our friends out there, cheers. Stay smoky. (laughs)